here we are once again. Once again, we're back. With another episode of yeah. Fried Squirms. And uh, this particular episode puts us in double digits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we reached episode the 10. Uh, number 10. So this is, uh, now we've done... You know, we didn't plan it out this way, but no, I feel yeah. like this movie was kind of a present to ourselves for hitting, double, uh, for hitting double digits, because this was just a lot of fun. It's a good way to bring in celebrating a decade of movies. That's right. I Oh my god. For sure. This felt like a celebration uh, on so many levels. I, I dig this movie so much. Uh, however, it, it presented me with a few problems. And uh, the first problem I'll just bring up right off the bat. Okay. And going into this right now, I'm not actually sure how I'm going to label this episode. Okay. Because what we grew up with knowing this movie as is not what the rest of the world knows this movie as. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. So the movie we're doing is Dead Alive. Exactly. But it's not Dead Alive. The name no. of this movie is Brain Dead. Precisely. So here in the States, we like so we affectionately know it as uh, Dead Alive. If you live somewhere in Europe and uh, Oceania, probably in Asia, yeah, this is Brain Dead. Anyhow, it's still... So, yeah, some movie. some company already owned the rights yep. to some other movie named Brain Dead with a space, because uh, but it sounds uh, identical, so they were able to argue. Too it familiar, more. exactly. So it ended up being released as Dead Alive in the United States, and I'm you know I'm quite all right with it. I mean, sometimes I have a t- uh, slip of the tongue, you know, say Evil Dead, just because you know they have familiar words in it. But I know the differentiation between both of those movies. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of similarities. Uh, I'm not actually sure how I'm going to label this episode when I, when I go to edit it and put no it up worries. online later. Um, like, so for me, uh, but I'm going to call it Dead Alive throughout this episode. No, for, for me, I've always known it as Dead Alive. I mean, if you it, just keep in mind, uh, we, we'll refer to it as Dead Alive. It's still brain dead, if you, if you know it as brain dead. Yeah. It's Same film. Dead. But before we really get into it, it's been a couple of weeks. How you been? I've been great, actually. Uh, like I said, we were conversing earlier, and uh, you know, I've I've gotten back into reading. I uh, finished uh, the Dexter series nice. of the novels, uh, so you know that was that was nice. That was a good way to close out both series, I suppose. Um, and like I said, playing uh, a couple of RPGs and things like that. You know, just kind of hanging out, trying to enjoy this uh, this weather. Right now, because it's getting a little bit warmer, so it's, you know, it's nice. It is finally starting to get a little bit warmer. And I'm okay with that. Although yesterday it was kind of cold as balls. Yeah, you know, up here it's tricky because we can get a mix of both in a matter of days or a matter of hours for that matter. That's true. Uh, yeah, no, that's good. Fucking, yeah, I, I do, I, I'm, do, I'm doing good. I just wanted to say, though, that, like, it just reminds me, like, I feel kind of bad as soon as we announce that we were going to try to do it, start doing it every week, life has just gotten in the way, and it we've has. been doing it once every other week, like our original schedule was, but we'll get back to it. Oh, yeah. No, it, like I said, it's, <laughs> a, it's still a, a new year, you know, yeah. we're still, we're still getting ourselves accustomed to it, but we're gonna, we're gonna ease right on into it, that's you right. know. That's right, that's right. And to go along just with the theme of dates, today is actually John Carpenter's birthday. And a uh, huge influence on a lot of the films that we watch. And uh, just just generations spanned of, right. of movies, you know. It's great. All sorts of movies, great sci-fi movies, but also great horror movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it, man. It's, you know, like I said, when you start thinking of directors... Uh, and great you, horror soundtracks. No doubt about it. Those, I think those two elements, when you mix uh, a good horror movie with a good, like a really great soundtrack, 
uh, it can make a world of difference in a film. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll get to a Carpenter film at some point. But, oh, yeah. There's uh, no doubt about it. There are so many you know, directors that we haven't even touched upon that we'll definitely get into. Uh, I mean, there's no definite plans yet, but it's one thing that we're... I mean, we... Not that we would try to avoid it in the first place, but <laughs> no. they, I don't think we'd be able to avoid if we want to touch upon, you know, just all aspects of this Yeah, genre. you know, the, the one thing that I'm discovering the more and more that we do these films is how many different connections there are to other films uh, throughout this genre. So, like I so said, once again, we'll, we'll eventually work our way full circle to John Carpenter and several other directors. And unfortunately, just this week, the author of the novel, The Exorcist, passed. yeah. Uh, William Peter Blatty, you know, and that that was written uh, quite a while ago too. And uh, uh, I'll tell you an interesting story before we get too far off the, off the track. Is uh, when I talk actually, to, I have an exorcist story yeah. as well. So let's, uh, well, let's share do this first because we yeah, yeah, this is I think this is totally relevant because this was one of the scariest horror movies of all time, without without a doubt. Uh, so making a long story short, uh, my uncle, who is you know several years older than I am. Um, still my brother, uh, he's tip top shape, but anyhow, his, one of the first movies that he's seen in a theater with his brother, which one of them was my dad and one of his other brothers, uh, they went and seen the exorcist. So he was maybe, I'd say no more than 11, 12 mm-hmm. years old tops. And I, they snuck him in, he got to see it, you know, he was scared shitless. They go back home and, uh, you know, he's going to bed and one of my uncles starts to rock the bed. <laughs> He's scaring him. And, of course, the first thing he thinks of, yeah, you know, is, is Reagan that, on the bed yeah. and all the shaking and whatnot. So, you know, he still recalls that story all these years later, and that was back in the 70s, you know. So mine also, well, mine is a little bit more, it, it ties into my early horror movie past a little bit, like, like we kind of went into in the first episode. Even though I was watching horror movies from a young age... There was one movie I wasn't allowed to watch until I was 13, and that was The Exorcist. Because my dad remembered it as being the scariest movie he had ever seen. So instead, I went down to the library, and I I checked out The Exorcist, and I read it when I was like 11 instead to get around that. And the book is way scarier than the movie. Which, I mean, yeah, whatever, cliche, book is better than the movie, whatever. You don't have enough time to convey a lot well, of Well, you know, when it holds movie. water. But that movie's amazing. No That movie's incredible. Uh, I love it to death. Monumental. But my first time watching it was kind of a letdown. Because my dad really isn't into horror movies. So The Exorcist was the scariest movie he had ever seen. But then he never kept up with like the shit that I was actually watching. So by the time I was actually allowed to watch The Exorcist, I had already watched way worse stuff. And it had been built up this entire time by my father. Yeah. Uh, so the first time was a little bit of a letdown, to be honest. I but, can understand that completely. But I had bought it with, uh, I'd actually saved up money, bought it on VHS from like Target or something yeah. actually here in town. Why not? Um, yeah. And it was the version with uh, the extra footage cut in. With, like, the, the, the spider, spider walk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's really cool, man. Uh, you know, but, like, so that's one of those films I can always go back and think because that's one that I did see much younger. Uh, I don't know. I probably saw that one. I was, like, maybe eight, seven, yeah. nine, somewhere around that age. Uh, you know, so that one, for if, if if you're more into mind games, that one can really fuck with you. And I think that's why it's it's more scary in that sense that, you know, it's it's part of the unknown. 
it's the what ifs. Yeah, uh, you no, know, it's a and it's a fantastic movie. Like like I said, the first time was a letdown, but yeah. I've watched it quite a few times since, and I I adore that movie. It's it's a fantastic. Well, film. I think you know you, you when you when you are so such an iconic film like that that other films can you know parody you or. You know, do satires based off of certain scenes. I love Repossessed. <laughs> See, oh my God, See, I will watch Repossessed any day. Oh uh, yeah, and then uh, Leslie Nelson. Man, I I could I love that movie too. That one's awesome. Which actually ties into my history with this movie a little bit. Uh, the same friend that introduced me to this movie introduced me to Repossessed. That's awesome. That movie's great, by the way. Yeah, uh, and the funny part is, is he was. This goes back all the way into my youth for me. Yeah, likewise. Um, likewise. Very. Probably right around when it first came out, at least on video. You know, I can honestly say that one one of my uncles he did rent this specifically so we could watch it. So I would have been, I think, let's say in ninety two, ninety three, I would have been at least ten, eleven, twelve years old at tops. When yeah, I, I think. I mean, I would have been five. I probably saw it when I was like seven for okay. the first time. So I probably didn't see it till like ninety four. That's okay, but it's still pretty fresh. Yeah, uh, yeah, still pretty fresh, especially for back then when you're waiting. Oh yeah, at least half a year for it to come out on VHS <laughs> to begin with. I remember those days. <laughs> and I don't, I don't even know how they got their hands on it. I I had a great group of friends who were always introducing me to like British comedy and well in this case New Zealand. Yeah, fits right in. Uh, they they first introduced me to Monty Python and Blackadder and Red Dwarf and. A bunch of other all, things. All great comedies. Uh, but also to Dead Alive. And the, the funny thing is, is they were all, I mean, I grew up in a very conservative area. And these were some of the, even the more conservative children. <laughs> yeah. But they were all really smart kids whose parents very much trusted them in, with the fact that they had taught them right from wrong and what's fact and what's you know what's fiction and what's real and this and that and exactly. they realized that this was just a ridiculous off the wall comedy you know, so we were allowed to watch it and that's a lot of the times when I did watch those films too when I was much younger I, I realized that especially when you start seeing the comedy aspects and you get it at a much younger age mm -hmm. you, you can kind of see behind the veil a little bit that yeah this is just a movie and that this is this is highly unlikely that this will ever play out in your entire life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I could relax knowing the fact that this is a film I can enjoy. It. I'm young and it's, you know, it's something new, but it's, you know, it's nothing to be scared of. That being said, I'm pretty sure the first time I watched it was during a sleepover and I think I fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> um, and I don't quite, I don't, think I, I don't think I remember, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think I saw most of the end at that point. That's okay. I think I had saw up to probably the, the lawnmower. I'll okay. just say that much at this point. Right? Yeah, yeah. Without, but you know, um, like to make a long story short, this is one of those films. I think for both you and I, uh, you know, when we look throughout like the entire list, if we could have it, you know, compile a list, I would, you know, I would thumb through and like, oh, look at Dead Alive. I'm like, easily for me, uh, I'd say it was in my top five most influential horror films that I've ever witnessed. Uh, specifically, like I said, during our time periods that we grew up in. Um, so this is one of those films that kind of catapulted me even further into mm -hmm. finding more gory films, stuff that had similar tones and uh, themes like this. You know? Right. Oh, there's a, oh, so I also want to throw out there that 
Uh, we're not going to do it just to do it, but I, I do want to say that I, I don't want to live in a world where there isn't a possibility that we will revisit this movie. So this movie makes me want to say that we reserve the right to, at some point, revisit any of the movies oh, in our catalog. Yeah, of course. Uh, and we're not going to do it. And we're not going to do it unless we feel like we have something to add to what we had already put before. Yeah. But I enjoy this movie so much that I don't want to think like. I want to be able to revisit it, and I want to warn our audience that one day you might see Dead Alive Part 2. Yeah, and that's okay, because, you know, it, it's nice to have different perspectives throughout different time periods in your life and how you view them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've learned that with several films, see, you know, seeing them from a point of a, a child or a teen to now being, a, you know, an adult. So, you know, it gives you a different appreciation for, for the film itself, especially if it can hold its weight throughout those, those time periods. This is definitely one I would I could I could would always recommend to people. Oh, definitely. Oh, whenever I can. Yeah, if you've never heard, and of it's it, one I... that keeps, seems to keep popping up just in little things throughout my life too. It's just fantastic. Yeah, you know, it, it does have a, a, a way of finding itself back in in uh, in our culture. You know, especially if if you're amongst those who are like I said into the genre that we're into, and that's horror. Well, and we can we can get into a little bit of the specifics mm-hmm. of of what makes. What's so crazy about this movie with with who it involves? Yeah, it really. I think it starts with really. This is the how mind. does this? I mean, I'll, I guess I'll cut it in sometime earlier. That's okay. We'll, we'll just keep going. This is this is the how does that make you squeal? Yeah, we've this been is... talking about how this movie makes us squeal this entire time. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we've been we've been drooling. I think on this film already, <laughs> but uh, uh, there's a good reason. But as for we it. get into that, we'll we'll give it a second, and I'll, I'll add the sound bite right here. How does that make you squeal? Okay, so as we get into this officially, the big weird thing about this movie that you can tell people all day long and they might not even believe you exactly this is, is that it's directed by this. Peter Jackson. I love that fact because, like you said, for people who are not familiar with this film, with Dead Alive, you all you would have to say is, do you know who Peter Jackson is? And they're like, well, maybe not the name. It's like, all right, well, are you familiar with Lord of the Rings and maybe the King Hobbit, Kong? Yeah, King all Kong. these. I mean, come on. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, of course. And then you're like, well, I got a film that I bet you've never, ever seen before. And it'll blow your fucking mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because so, this is. Who would have thunk it? I, I was thinking really hard as I was watching this. So most of the time when, when we go through these movies, just because of my my weekly schedule i usually only get a chance to really watch it once yeah that's about what i about how i average about the same this one i got through it three times i got through i think yeah i got three three maybe four somewhere there and the first time through i realized that i was going to get a chance to be able to watch it again so i didn't i didn't take any notes the first time and i just sat back and enjoyed it. it and as i was sitting back enjoying watching it i started wondering to myself how the fuck did they let this guy Direct the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. Like he said, maybe he uh, withheld some information for those who weren't privy, you know? And I can I can only imagine it was Heavenly Creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely I've never wa- I've never seen it. Um I, I've seen it, but it I remember it vaguely. It's been a while. I can only imagine that that movie must have must have Yeah, I mean you caught can, somebody's like eye, I said, right? I think with, with the direction he started going into, you could kind of see maybe his future vision, you know, where, whereas this, it's like I said, it's they have moments of really stunning scenery. I mean, he's got a really good eye for it. And you give him a landscape that he knows, like um, New Zealand. <laughs> right. You give him a stellar cast, and it's like, all right, 
Um, he already has a vivid imagination, so you know I think he fit right in from the start. And speaking of stellar cast, this movie fantastic. I love oh, yeah. all the casting choice. You know, and, and I don't the, know who any of them are. No, outside of this film, they're all New Zealanders. Yeah. Uh, so I did look them up. Some of them went on to do uh, like TV and movie, but not anything. Nothing beyond. Nothing I actually story. recognized. That's for sure. No, you can, likewise. You can definitely look them up. And it's, it's like I said, it's no no fault through anyone's own. There, they was this was an entirely solid cast. They all put on great performances. If you try to put somebody else in their place, wouldn't be the same. Would no. not be the same film. And I didn't actually write down any names. I don't I've know got if you some have names, right here. Um, you know, because I'm uh, more of a I know nerd what, on this. Timothy Balm. <laughs> yeah, Timothy Balm. Balmy Balm. Balm. I would I would imagine it's probably Balm Balm, but uh, he plays our our lead actor in the film, uh, Lionel Cosgrove. His love interest in this film, Paquita, Paquita Maria Sanchez. Uh, this is played by uh, Diana uh, Peña Lever. Uh, okay, like I said, this is a, like one of. She did a few films, but they're mostly independent films. Right, and I saw that Timothy, like, he did some, he like, did some series. TV. Yeah. Uh, in fact, he's still, I think he's still doing something. Yeah. But, well, we'll when we get into the guts and bolts, I, there's a couple things I want to say about my no hopes doubt. and dreams for him. So, we're, yeah. we're going to back shelf that a little bit. No worries. So, these two, like, so this is like... Because he hasn't, he hasn't lived up to my hopes and dreams. Not yet. He has potential. He has huge I'm potential. sure what he's doing is awesome. And I think I saw that he's even won some award for some TV thing that he did just a couple of years ago. Yeah. But He's doing well. Uh, I'm sure he's doing a fine job. But the, I have a personal hope and dream that yeah. I hope one day happens. I'll we'll get to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll love to hear this. Uh, so, like, this is our, our hero... And uh, you know, like I said, his love interest in the film, uh, his mother, mom, uh, Vera Cosgrove is play. Or it's uh, Elizabeth Moody plays this particular Elizabeth character. Moody. Uh, huge character in this film. She passed a few years ago, I believe. But before she did, her last film role was she was in Lord of the Rings oh, awesome. as Lobelia Baggins. Oh, that's pretty awesome. There you go. So yeah, like I said, it was nice. Full circle came back around mm-hmm. for her. So that was awesome. It's a good send-off. Uh, another actor I would think that would... That, I think she passed. I really hope I, I didn't just like kill her. And no, she's we, actually alive. If not, we like to, if she's alive, we wish her well. Um, so right now, we'll, <laughs> we, can, we can cut it in and say she's still alive. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't think she is, but... We can confirm it soon. Um, but, you know, we, I'll, I'll, it'd be, I have a computer within reach, and yeah. I'm just... Well, it's like, it'd be a lot cooler if she was alive. If she's not, then we send our condolences. Like, you know, leading back into the actors in this film. Um, the other, I would say not a major actor, but he does play a pivotal part in this film, is uh, Ian Watkin plays Uncle Les. Yes. Uh, so he comes in and plays an important part. The other two actors that I wrote down, I thought they were they were a little bit more pivotal. Who, wait, I want to say that Uncle Les is a terrible pig of a human being. <laughs> yeah, no but doubt. But I had a realization upon my last watch just this morning mm-hmm. that explains some of his behaviors a little bit, and we'll get to that yeah. as well. No, that's... that's... That in of all of film. my viewings of this movie, I didn't realize until this viewing. Okay. And like said, <laughs> However, he's a horrible human being, uh, he's but a... <laughs> he ends up being almost necessary at the end of this yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And like I said, we'll get into that. Uh, so like I said, he's... I think he likes this guy, but he put on a good part. He likes it. He, he sold it as that character. Um, the next uh, actor, actress that I wrote down was Brenda Kendall. She played Nurse McTavish. She had a few scenes. She plays a pivotal part for... A uh, future scene. Uh, also played with uh, Stuart uh, Devaney, who played Father Magruder. 
Um, Father Magruder oh, is the character that always sticks out. When you run into people that do know this movie, you can quote any Father Magruder yeah, line. Any one of them. And you instantly, if you know this film, you know who, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, without giving away, we'll wait till those scenes get up. But uh, like I said, this film has some classic one-liners in it. And like I said, it, it, I still remember to this day, and we're talking 20-plus years later. Oh, yeah, definitely. This Father Magruder's the best. Awesome, man. I can't and wait to get to that. The, 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 his... His pivotal scene. We'll, we'll get there. Exactly. Um, and the only other the, uh, credit that I gave out in terms of the cast was uh, Fran Walsh. And Fran Walsh, she uh, she helped write the film uh, oh. with Peter Jackson and uh, Stephen Sinclair. It's his wife. That's right. And she gets a credit as uh, Mother she, at the Park. She's one of the mothers in the park. she's been a co-writer on every fl- film yeah. since. I, I believe you are correct. But um, I think it's not just every film since. She was also a co-writer or possibly main writer on Meet the Feebles, the oh, film really he did cool. before this, yeah, which I've also seen, although only maybe once or twice. Yeah, there's a few of those, like even with um, another one that, you know, I'll, like I said, touch on really quick is Bad Taste. I've seen it a few times, but not enough to where I can recall it from rote. You also, know? Uh, the fact is we live in a universe where they gave the guy that did Meet the Feebles, <laughs> yeah. uh, The Lord of the Rings, which is kind of... I mean, Meet the Feebles is like a perverse take on the Muppets, almost. Yeah, there's... Uh, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's, like, Muppets wow. having three ways. Like, it's fucked up. You know, like I said, I mean, it's different times. And yeah. then he did this movie. Yeah. Which, so I guess this is kind of a warning. This is one of the goriest movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's a gore to the fact where it's not a... Um, it's not this one of those gores where it's visceral, where it makes you sick. It is. It's... it's it's more comedic. It's a comedic type of gore, and we'll explain that a little bit later on. But it's definitely just absolutely oh. gory, absolutely disgusting. If you're a gore helm, this is this has to be in your top three, five. I'd say I feel in the like top three to five list. I almost feel like we've been setting this up the entire time because yeah. Wizard of Gore, oh, Wizard of Gore, hearkening back to some of the original splatter films. Yes, yeah, precisely. Then we had. Obviously, we kicked all of this off with Reanimator, yeah. which was sort of an early blending of splatter with comedy. Yeah, definitely. And this is splatstick. Mm-hmm. Splatter mixed with slapstick comedy to the extreme. Yeah. And literally just buckets, man. buckets of gore, flying limbs. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, it's, it's, it's body parts galore. Let's put it that way. And then there's some awesome executions of... Uh, you know the ways that they that they go into their uh, you know killing the characters off is what I'm going to try to say is but there's interesting the, ways how it, they do that and some of it looks kind of, kind of fakey well yeah a lot of it looks really good a lot of it's really well done a lot of it's really well done and that's why if you don't if you can't do gore yeah you will want to avoid this movie oh uh, yeah well, I would say highly like if if any kind of um, blood or but any it's kind of not. Even though it's violent, yeah, no. it's not. It's not like angrily violent. No, 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 no. It's not a hatred. Like it's not it's, somebody committing a hatred act. It's it's just a comedic way of of how they get rid of scenario. Like certain situations they're put in. This it's is how they like, resolve it. It's like if a live action Tom and Jerry yeah. had realistic consequences. Oh yeah, or even like you, you could go on and on with or itchy list. and scratchy. Itchy it's and a live scr- action itchy and scratchy. That's a perfect way of explaining it. 
yeah. It's a live action itchy and scratchy. That's a perfect analogy right there. So it's a live action uh, itchy and scratchy. It's a cartoon. Yeah. But it's the goriest, bloodiest, absolutely oh, great, most disgusting man. cartoon. And like said, when I when I hark back on like said splatter films and things like that, uh, films that made me want to look for gore films, this would be. I would say this would be my starting point on that journey. So this film, I owe a lot of credit for future films, or you know, based off of this film, just because it was like a, you know, like I said, a parent to the rest of these other films I've been searching for. Right, and I mean, really, also just to tie in its place in in film history, is a later zombie comedy film, Shaun of the Dead, which oh, yeah. is fantastic, was very heavily inspired by this. Uh, Simon Pegg's admitted to as much, and it's it's kind of apparent in some of the scenes, especially about two thirds the way yeah, through. That's okay, but, you uh, know, before before shit gets out of hand, when yeah. things are all sort of contained, very much harkens to sort of a Shaun of the Dead feel. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but you know, like, like I said, it, it just shows you how pivotal this particular film is in the annals of of all the horror movies that that I'll ever see. You know, amongst and I want, I want everybody to watch this movie. Give it at least and one realize year. that they they gave this guy Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and then that like, so that's, still blows my mind. Likewise. It had to have been heavenly creatures, but I still don't. Understand. I I can't see this film being the stepping stone for him getting, you know, like like the huge stepping stone. You know, the the next rung up for him getting that. You know, there's several others after that 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 you know part of those waves. Oh, that's amazing, uh, but. In order to talk wow. more deeply about this, uh, we'll get into, of course, our spoiler-filled breakdown. Yeah, the guts and bolts. Exactly. Like I said, I'll I'll, I'll just throw this out just for like said, a little technical. Uh, the only other credits oh. I'll have is just that it was done by Wingnut Films. It was a New Zealand commission, uh, and then Avon NFU Studio. So you see that all in the title credits. Its budget was three million. Not a, not a big budget, you know. They didn't really well do a spent. lot in the in the. Uh, didn't really make out a lot in the in the box office, but they made up for it for its cult following without a doubt. Released in ninety uh, two, summer of ninety two in Munich, mm-hmm. and then it came out and um, actually here in the states in February in ninety uh, two. So I would have been ten years old. When this so maybe movie came we won't out. get to yeah. the guts and bolts quite yet because okay. I, I do want to. The technical aspect thing did remind me yeah. is that I know that we talked very briefly about it when we when we crossed paths at work the other day. But did you ever end up seeking out the U.S. uncut? Um, I, you know, I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure because I realized upon uh, when I when I went to reacquire it to watch it for the show, mm-hmm. I realized I'd never seen it. Peter Jackson's preferred version is the 97 minute U.S. cut version mm-hmm. because he got have- to add back in a few different scenes. He said with a, a little bit of extra spit and polish. Uh, I think it's a bit more spit than polish. Yeah, like yeah. the the scenes that are added in are very very obviously added in. Yeah. And not quite completely finished over, yeah. which stood out even more in this Blu-ray cut transfer. Really like cohesive. Yeah, they're not as cohesive. <laughs> uh, but it was really I'm neat because sure it does it. actually add in a bit more uh, cut. So this is a rather short movie. That's a 90, yeah. It's not a very the long longest movie, cut nice. of it is ninety seven minutes. Yeah, and that's, that's the preferred cut. That's not really a long film for a cut, <laughs> you know, like a director's cut. I, I think the the one that I grew up watching was mm-hmm. maybe like the eighty four minute cut, something like that. Like it's not even full feature length, I don't believe. No, I think I think I have I think the the version that I did watch was like say it was about an hour and thirty seven minutes. If mm-hmm. you roll the entire credits, it's about an hour and thirty eight. 
mm-hmm. you know, somewhere around there. Uh, but there are there are multiple cuts of this film out there. So there is. Keep that in mind when you're seeking it out. Well, like I said, However, you know, you, you want to see the additions. Cut. Yeah, uh, they're they're easily you enjoy them just as much without like you. They, I can has, I can absolutely understand why they released them the first time without them because that doesn't make that much of a difference. Yeah, that makes but, yeah, like I said, it, it is not like a so little either, bit extra gore. Either version you watch, it still gives you the I would imagine the same effect. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. But the, like, so the only other major credit that I would give uh, in terms of technical was the special effects artists. Uh, there was two major ones that I wrote down. That was Bob McCarran. Uh, he was more involved with the prosthetics makeup. And then uh, Richard Taylor was more with the creatures and gore. So if you liked the creature in this and the creatures in this film, along with the gore, you can thank Richard Taylor for this. All fantastic. And across the board, in, in so a, awesome. kind of a bunch of different styles even, because yeah. one of the cre- one, uh, maybe two of the creatures, you could say, are even rather, like, Cronenberg-y. Yeah, I could, oh yeah, 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 no doubt about that. Uh, maybe even three of them. Uh, I, yeah, I could say two or three, at least, at least. Uh, some of them are arguable, but one for sure, yeah. uh, I'd say is definite, like, Cronenberg material. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> some of the highest praise I can give in, in terms of some of awesome, this. Like, you could go, we could fucked up creature looking. Yeah, things. we could go on with about him. Uh, but you know, like I so said, this this film, like I so said, once again, I just you know I could drool about it all day long. But this, I think that's the, I these think are some of the main drool players. About it a bit more here. In the yeah. Moment. So with like I so said, without further ado, I'll, I'll give it one last little tagline because I do like taglines in film, and uh, there are several, but the one I think that stood out says, "There's something nasty in Lionel's uh, cellar." His family. <laughs> so, you know, nice. we'll get into the reason why we say that. Oh, right. Yeah, no, let's do this uh, with that. Now it's finally yeah. Guts and Bolts. Guts stuff. and Bolts. Guts and Bolts. Guts and Bolts. So we're, we're into the Guts and Bolts. We are and into the Guts and Bolts. I think and... one of the words in our titles of this segment is certainly fulfilling in the Guts oh department. Oh, my God, so much Guts. Uh, before we really, really start to get into this... I, didn't, I mentioned before that. Yeah, I think you I, would have to put I, a big disclaimer at the beginning of this, too, just to let people know. If you've gone this far, then you're probably comfortable. But if not, I would still warn you, man. Like they said, you're going to see a lot of, you know, a lot of things that you're probably not. If you're not comfortable with, like I said, then I'd say shy away because it's going to happen. Well, and, and more than just a disclaimer, like this movie, as I said when I was going through it and thinking about how we were going to present it on this episode, it ended up throwing me... Uh, a number of problems. Mm-hmm. One was, how the fuck am I going to name it? <laughs> yeah. The second was, how the fuck was, was I going to write about this and talk to people about this? Because... Depending on how you... A, a good bit of this it. movie is straightforward. Yeah, it is. And it, it'd be easy to, to talk about and describe to people. But when we get to that last 30 minutes of the movie, oh, there's man. so much going on in each there scene are. that we could very easily sit here for like two hours just describing like those last 30 oh, minutes man. there's a lot of there's detail in those scenes of shit that's going on yeah. in those last i, I try it like so during those scenes i try to abbreviate my notes just because there was so much going on that i wanted to be able to talk about it but not have to sit here and like stare at my notes the whole time well and i think the other thing is is i really want people to want to go out and, and see this movie yes. after this one and i please do i, I think 
And I know that you take way more detailed notes than me, so I almost feel sorry for saying this, but I kind of <laughs> want to think about maybe approaching this one a little bit different. Yeah, that's okay. And I think maybe let, let's give them the bare bones of this first. We can definitely And then do I think I have some fun ideas. Okay. But let's let them know what this movie is about for sure. Okay, and yeah. There's, we, there's I definitely, can definitely do an abbreviated There's definitely version. a couple things that that we definitely need to touch upon as we as we get through it. Yeah. But, but then tread, we're... We'll, we'll shallow hit. waters with this one right now. Well, uh, then we'll hit it a little bit more, but no worries. Uh, I think I think with this one, if we sat here and we we try to tell them what was going on, we get to that last thirty minutes, and there's just there's so much going on. Oh yeah, just there, there is everywhere. That that last like so that last thirty minutes, you could sit there and pause it and dissect it, and it could take up hours of your time. Yeah. Oh, easily, easily. So there's, yeah. I kudos to the editors. But th- there are a couple things, though, that probably, well, let's lay down the plot, let them know what happens. Yeah. There's a couple okay. things that only make sense in sequence. So. Yeah, uh, precisely. So let's, let's, like I said, we'll get right into it. So it, this movie starts off with, uh, like, a zoologist, specifically. Well, in, he's a, he's a, he says he's a zookeeper, right? Yeah, essentially is what he, his title is. So he's seeking out a specific type of monkey and a part of... Uh, Southwest Sumatra, or southwest of Sumatra, um, in in a place called Skull Island, and they're looking for a rat monkey. Is essentially what they call it. Also, the best thing about things wrapping around Skull Island is a reference. Yes, it is. It's a huge reference. Skull Island is a reference to King Kong, of which course people it is. better know right now, considering that there's a new movie coming out. Well, also Kong, considering Skull that Island. he directed King Kong, you know. But that's the wraparound. Amazingly, years later, I like wraparounds. <laughs> Amazingly, years later, he gets to direct King Kong after throwing in just this gigantic Bam. King Kong reference. They're like, not only are you uh, fitting to direct Lord of the Rings, but you know what? Just because you threw out this Skull Island reference, boom, we're going to give you King Kong as well as a package. <laughs> and the other thing, uh, awesome. once again, because the the one reason I did want to make sure that we did hit this movie a little bit in order is even this opening scene is what made me kind of refine this movie again yeah, after years yeah. and years because although I watched it when I was young, there was a good bit of time where I wasn't constantly rewatching this movie. I can understand. And that. it sort of just fell off my radar for a long time. But I was a fan of the two thousand seven PC game Hellgate London. Okay, yeah. Uh, basically because at the time it was the closest thing we had to Diablo two point five. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh Fantastic game. Check it out some way. I know that they kept it living on in some way. I think some Korean company bought some sort of rights, and they changed around a lot of aspects. I don't know. I tried playing it some time ago. It was still fun. Um, don't check it out. It was awesome. But one of the first little like mini bosses and a side quest that you can run into is a Sumatran rat monkey. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> down in the sewers of London. So, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I know that reference, and immediately had to you know, go rewatch the movie. And Sometimes sometimes when you get hit with those facts, and at least in my case, I almost want to like send an email or a message to, to those people specifically, like, man, I get it. You get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for doing that. That's, Thank that you. was really cool. <laughs> you know, For people who understand those references, that's, that was really cool. Yeah, so like, so we're uh, another big significant part of this film is the time setting that this is in. Uh, this is dated 1957, so this film is dated, uh, you know, even though it came out in the 90s, 92. Guess who didn't realize that till this morning? This guy right here. Yeah, 
somehow in all my watchings of this movie, I did not realize it was supposed to be set in 57. Yeah, and that's why I say it plays I, a I big... I just thought it was supposed to be kind of quaint. Yeah, I can understand that, because I think of New Zealand as somewhere where it's like, it's just very, like I said, very nice, prim, uh, you know, nice and proper, but people are very respectful of each other, you know, I mean, you're living on a beautiful island, so I wouldn't imagine they have very many worries. And I mean, I, I suppose looking back at it, I should have realized it was, especially with some of the shit and the hairstyles yeah. and stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's what I was going to mention about the uncle. Yeah, is he's <laughs> extremely piggish now, but maybe a little bit more on the edge of socially acceptable for being fifty-seven. Yeah, you got to think it's different times, different things were socially acceptable. Right, maybe not. The right thing, no, 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 but no. socially acceptable. Socially acceptable, even though it was frowned upon in many cases. You mm-hmm. know, it was something that just you kind of let's not talk about. You know, uh, exactly. And so, like parts of this movie make a bit more sense now. But yeah. for whatever reason, it never sunk into my mind that this was supposed to be fifty-seven. This entire oh, like I said, it's easy. Like especially, like, let's put it this way: if you're uh, watching the film without doing the way that we watch it, you know, you sit there and you watch the film, you're like writing notes down. Things like that. Um, it's one of those things that you can just easily just like forget, you know. Like, oh, I just know that they're on an island. Um, you know, they're get, they're going to get this monkey. They want to bring it back to New Zealand. They have a tribe that's following them, like warning them, you need to put it back. Um, you know, the guy's like, well, I've got official papers. He gives them the papers. They were the Fiji <laughs> Rugby Club, by the way. That's pretty awesome. The tribe was the Fiji Rugby Club. I noticed in the credits. Well, you know, when once they start chucking some of these spears, you kind of, <laughs> I can kind of get it, you know. <laughs> but uh, the whole point was is that this guy was here on official business. He's going to bring it back to uh, uh, to New Zealand. This is where you get the first tape official taste of comedy, where it's like this yeah. zookeeper. It kind of reminds me a little uh, bit of a uh, machine gun. Yeah, and grabbing pop, 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 pop. a monkey by force from this <laughs> tribe in Sumatra. Yeah, and, and the whole point was, you know, is like this is a, a monkey that that you don't not that you do not want to take out of its natural habitat. It's not good for whatever purposes, uh, which it'll get into later on. But uh, like I said, this guy's on official business. He he busts out that machine gun. They start to t- like I said they they essentially try to kidnap that monkey, which we don't see. It's just in that wooden no. crate. Uh, covered up yeah. as well. While he's making his getaway, yep. he gets a bit. It looks super lo- like light though the way mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he makes it up. But you're right. He uh, he winds up getting bit while, as they're getting onto that jeep. The, you mm-hmm. know, and one of his the, the one of the guys that's helping him, he's falling in the process like normally horror movies. The cliche is as uh, the tribe are you know sitting there chucking spears. But making a long story short, as they're they're getting away, and once the guy get, regains. Uh, you know, his composure and gets on the Jeep with them. Uh, the the curator <laughs> for the zoo, uh, he has several scratches on him. And they say something like, Singaya. Singaya. Yeah, Singaya. And immediately, here's where you start to get that gore. Yep. Fucking chop off an arm. Yeah. Chop off the other arm. Then some more scratches appear on his head. Yeah, so, so within the first, what is that, like a minute and a half maybe of this film, two minutes? You're already seeing lopped up uh, It's limbs. a little bit more into that, but not not much, like I three would, minutes in. Yeah, if that. Yeah, exactly. I'd say three, at the three-minute mark, you're already seeing the effects of what this particular thing does. So um, whatever that monkey has, that rat monkey has, that's it's causing no yeah, that's causing you to get, yeah, to get your limbs lopped off. No good. So if it starts that when I like it too. I think it was when they go to cut the guy's head off because he has a scratch on his forehead. You know, like, so go, yeah. 
it splats, you mm-hmm. know, to the, like the sequence. And uh, this is when we get into like so the, it goes into the opening theme, uh, and th- then we see the guys that were actually with uh, that that zookeeper. They're they at the still uh, airport. Sell it off. Yeah, they give it to customs, and they're kind of hushing, you know, like kind of hush hush. Let's not talk about. It, let's just get the money. Mm-hmm. And the whole time, you know, they're they're still nervous because they're seeing that monkey get on that that cargo or the plane. I don't know if it's a cargo plane, but yeah. Either way, it's heading back to New Zealand. It's a cargo plane that. Uh, for the next thirty, I love that little. For the next forty-five <laughs> seconds, serious. turns into a very obvious toy plane. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I like I like the way they do it too because it's tasteful. You know, even though you know what the hell it is, it's still kind of nice to look at. Even the cloud scene that they're in when they're floating above the clouds, it's like ah, that's that's mm-hmm. nice. You know, they land. Zookeeper gets it. We go on, and we we meet the the what, Paquita first, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. After that, after the the plane touches down, it goes into uh, just like it's just a scene of I think it's one of the guys driving a, a delivery truck of some sort up a hill, and you know to that little that little uh, block of where there's like little shops. We see Paquita. He's like the milkman or something. Yeah, there's, she digs him. Or, yeah. No, he's a delivery guy. He's like yeah. he delivers meat. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she and, digs him. Grandma notices. Yeah, she asks. She asks if she, yeah, if she likes this gentleman. So she goes on. They go to the back room, and she reads her her fortune through so, tarot cards. This isn't something. I think this was meant as a very subtle, intentional joke. Yeah, the daughter Paquita is Mexican or Spanish. Yeah, she's totally Spanish. Uh, Grandma is gypsy. stereotype <laughs> horror gypsy. Yeah, she is. And Dad, in Italian. his one scene in the background, <laughs> is stereotype Italian. Italian, maybe Greek, but I would. I yeah, would I was, yeah, I was going to say <laughs> either stereotype on the side of Italian. Italian or or stereotype. You could Greek. substitute either or. And it's just like they. It's like he intentionally took like the three races spoof. that always play this role in this type of movie. Yeah. And just threw them all into the same family. And that, that's interesting because that, you know it's it is a, a funny aspect of it, especially with the way that the uh, the father of Bakita interacts with them. You know what I mean throughout this scene. So since and I, I, I almost wasn't even sure if I should, like should yeah. I be offended by this? I, 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 I know what you mean. I know, I know exactly what and you mean. And I'm like, no, this is this is kind of amazing. I put it this way: I, I feel like if the actors in the film are comfortable portraying yeah. those, oh, I feel then the same why, way. then who am I to critique them? Yeah, you know. No, and it's not that bad. It was no. just, it was really. I was like, this is no, because they don't do it over schlappily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just there. It has a comedic effect, and then they carry on with the, with their portrayal of the character. But um, so the whole point of of this scene with the grandmother, she's reading a tarot card, and she starts to tell her that Roger, the guy who delivers the meat, you know, I wrote his name down. I, I've seen it so many times, but anyhow, mm-hmm. um, that he's not necessarily he's not the one that's uh, necessarily her love interest. There's a different gentleman. They're gonna have one love. Hell, he's gonna pop in soon. Yeah. He's gonna be indicated by. The sign of the star and the moon, or yeah. something like that. Oh yeah. So and she uh, she also mentions that they they will be romantically entangled almost instantaneously, like immediately, mm-hmm. right? And so she goes on to have like you know, like I would imagine women not you know there's like another cliche in these films, but women in these films they start to have these illusions of grandeur at this point. You know, oh, yeah. I'm gonna meet a dark, tall, handsome man romantically so anyhow 
we hear the door kind of open in the background and in stumbles in our main actor love this guy uh, but it's Lionel, and he's a Lionel's bumbling mess. Great, Lionel is fantastic. He is man. as perfect as he plays it. He kills that character, man. Yeah. Name another actor you'd slip in, and it'd be the same. Yeah. No. Nobody. No. It's so I, I can't imagine anybody no. else. Just so fantastic. There's there's so many things I want to say, but we're, we're gonna just keep rolling with yeah, this. We have so to, I can yeah. say them in a little bit here because gotcha. I want to just delve into okay, it so all, all at once. So we meet, we meet our main actor. So keep this in mind. I think you'll agree with me, but I think we could have a fun time with this. Oh man! So like, so our main actor at this point walks into the store. He's kind of like knocking over produce, whatever. Chiquita, she, her grandmother's like, you know, you, you need to go. There's a customer. Or maybe it's her father's. Like, there's a customer in. You need to, you know, you need to go check it out. She goes to check it out. He comes over, hands her a slip. It's a grocery list, you know. So at those during those time periods, they would deliver your groceries to you. Mm-hmm. So she's a little bit annoyed because he's knocking stuff over and he's a little bit annoying and a little bit kind of squirrely, you know. And he goes over to the counter to get like some some liquor. She's like, yeah. "I'll have this, you know, for right, now. This right now." For and me. he he winds up knocking over a um, a cup full of uh, like colored pencils is what they are. And as he's knocking them over, she's annoyed. She goes to help him, and then once she once she clears it she she holds his hand she's like, she no yeah stop. she parts it and this is the telling sign because during the tarot card reading you see the sign of the star which looks like a pendant essentially mm-hmm. and the licorice and the uh, the cross of the uh, the color the pencils. pencils yeah because it was kind of like a wavy almost like um i, I it looks like a, like a computer you know gadget inside but anyhow mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes that shape so she thinks automatically that this guy this is it this That's is him. the guy and she kind of like she she's in her mind she's already fulfilling this he has no clue what's going on and she kind of approaches him you know and he's backing up and he's backing up he's like all right i'm gonna you know he does some absolute amazing physical comedy throughout <sighs> just stumbling and bumbling he's great and man he's he got stops this just right. great lanky <laughs> frame where like later on yeah. when he's beat down and shit like he's able to just hunch over and he's just really great, sell man. it he does you know like you said for physical comedy he performed his performance is great. Every I'm I'm pretty positive that everybody's face in this movie was made out of rubber. Yeah. They all just <laughs> right. had the most amazing expressive faces. They uh, did. And they're we're very right about to get to his grandma who whose face almost looks like a mask to begin with. Yeah, it's it it's, is definitely it's, a mask later on. But. It's really awesome. <laughs> so the whole point or of not her, his grandma, his no, mom. His mom. Uh, the whole point, like I said, and this this old. scene is because she saw that sign on the table, you know, after that little little spill he had. He's backing out, and he's like kind of weaving in it in and out of traffic because it's right along this this busy street. He stops right before a trolley hits him, but he has enough like I don't know verve or at least enough awareness to kind of like jump in the back of it because yeah. it's going off just to avoid her because he has no idea what her intentions are. Yeah, and she he's and, kind of freaked out, and she just had this fulfilling prophecy come to fruition within seconds. Yeah, you know, so he's he's back at home. He gets off the trolley. And you can hear his mother screaming, you know, Lionel, from below the street that he's on. So she's, you can tell this is probably a demanding mother. So he runs up. Um, she tells him that there's a beetle that's underneath the fridge. And she, you know, she kind of gives him a scolding for not, you know, like, fumigating the house and getting rid of bugs. And he's like, I'll get right on top of it. Et oh, yeah. She's running him ragged. Yeah. And, and then she winds up getting a letter um, in the mail and she gets an invite from the WLWL. It's the um, is it Wellington uh, Ladies 
uh, wellness league? No, it's it's a uh, it's like a a welfare league is what oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, Wellington Ladies Welfare League is what That's it is. That's right. And it's very prominent. So they're bringing the president over, and he's you know he's like, well, that's cool. You know, it's like this Friday, and she automatically she, freaking she freaks, out. freaks out because the place house, is perfect. Because this she's place running is a immaculate. All the time, and she's like, this place is terrible. You she goes on a little bitch that, fit, is what that. I call it as, or a little temper Fuck. tantrum, a little pity party. She's she's trying to scold him for having like dirt and not having the silverware clean and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and his whole point is, you know, he's like, well, yeah, he's like, I just did this last week. She's just making an excuse for no reason, saying that it's unkempt. She's a control freak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she eventually mentions that he needs to clean the curtains. And as they're mentioning that, she looks down into the yard. She's like, does this look like the yard of a, uh, you know, of a kempt home? And it looks immaculate. You know what I mean? Like, the oh, yeah. grass looks nice. It has a row of flowers going up the, you know, to, and leading into the home. I'm like, what is she talking about? So then accused of him going outside cutting the grass. You know, he's cutting the grass with the lawnmower, which iconic make, figure. I was about to say they they pay very very close special attention to the lawnmower. Yes, they do. And we're gonna need that later. Yeah. So like, so I'm so not even looking at my notes. I can almost walk it through. Uh, <laughs> so you know, like I said, he's uh, he's mowing the grass. But as he's mowing the grass, uh, I think Paquita the, the, comes. Up. Yeah, the gate opens up. It's it's uh, Paquita and her dog. And I think her dog runs up the Oh, her steps. dog comes in. Yeah, her dog. No, actually, the dog runs over to him and mm-hmm. starts licking him in the face. That's what kind of mm-hmm. stops him from doing what he's doing. And uh, she comes over. She's delivering the groceries from earlier that he you know, dropped the list off for. And uh, she mentions, you know, oh, you, 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 my dog will like you? You like my dog? You know? And he's like, yeah, of course. Dude, she's slick. That's what I she wrote down. She is super slick, slick, man. The way she does it, she's it's smart. Like my dog's big, right? And he, he tries to crack a joke like, yeah, any bigger, he belongs she, in the zoo. And, and, and she know, starts fucking around pretending like she don't know English She played well. Exactly. She, she knows English just fine. Fuck that. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, she's being uh, very deceitful. But the way she does it is perfect because she does. She starts to talk about, you know, like I said, the dog and et cetera. And um, I can't remember how she gets there, but she gets there in a couple steps and she ends up getting him, like, getting, <laughs> getting him to correct her to, uh, no, you want to go to the zoo. She's like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's pretty cool. Like, she does, she does. She, she tricks Lionel into going to the zoo. And, you know, she's like, the zoo, like, he, he starts talking about, you know, where animals, you know, are enclosed. And, she, and he's like, She's like, to the zoo? And he's like, no. Uh, he's like, what, what you're trying to say is, uh, would you like to go to the zoo? She's like, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Slick. And he's like, oh, okay. So they, they agree to meet. You know, and as that's happening, Mother's looking like from a, above. And she, she purposely, like no, she, did, she doesn't like it, first of all. She purposely knocks over like a vase or, a, you know, some kind to of... have to call him in and shit. Yeah, and he hears the crash and he's like, you know, I, I have to go right now. You know, I have to tend back to mother. So uh, they part ways. He goes upstairs and his mother, she's crying over, you know, this vase. And, you know, why wasn't he around cleaning up and all this other caca? And uh, anyhow, this is, I think, one of the first times that it kind of, it's like a little bit of a, a future scenario that's about to play out. But, um, you know, she, she mentions, like, he's like, I'll, I'll get you another one. She's like, it's irreplaceable. You know, I'm already thinking, damn, she's a drama queen, man. Yeah, like, everything that's, that's it's not right, this is irreplaceable. You can't fix this. Um, but she mentions that, it, that it's a gift from the father, right? And she kind of, like, starts to pout. And he goes over to console her. He's like, I miss father, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and whatever. They kind of carry on. So, like I said, after that, um, 
I think that's uh, yeah. They, that like right after that scene, then I think it cues to them going to the zoo at that. They're point. at the zoo. They're having a good time. She she's definitely starting to, to yeah. show interest in him. Yeah, he's they're having a really it. grand time. He looks slick. He's got his hair nice. Yeah, he's doing. Yeah, he's you know? looking good. They're playing around. Fucking yeah, man. Uh, you end up seeing that mom's following. Yeah, a little bit before that, he like they they stumble upon a pond, and this is like this is like little oh, future a little tense bit. scenario. Is yeah, you, he gets he kind of like weirds out a little bit because he's looking at that that little pond in the middle of the zoo, and it goes to like a, a scene of where there's like underwater action going on, like a struggle, and then he's just kind of like zoning out. And she's like, "Are you all right?" And he tells a story about almost drowning. Yeah, and his father saving going to him, save him, and he but... got trapped underneath this weird freakish wave that came in and swept him to the sea. Yeah. You Riptide, know. basically. Yeah, exactly. He got he got caught in the current. And he got so anyhow. Yeah, he got sent back to sea. So that's that's the whole story. He gets freaked out around so, water. Yeah, water freaks him out sometimes. Yeah. So they carry on and they go over to the monkey exhibit, right? And they're having a good time. Like I think there's like a monkey threw like an apple core at them, mm-hmm. and she like playfully throws it back into the cage. And when she does that, that's when we start to see the first glimpse of what the that rat monkey looks like. Um, oh, it's an ugly some bitch. It is. I mean, it's animated. You can definitely see That's it. Awesome stop motion. I like it. Oh, it's so cool. And the person who did that, do you know who does the stop motion? Jackson. He does. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Uh, so yeah. So Peter Jackson does the. He does the um, like to so the stop motion throughout the animations. But uh, the monkey winds up. That rat monkey winds up getting. I think the that monkey was already incapacitated or dead. Oh, how does it go? Or maybe it, like it gets it's too close. Gets to yeah, the fence. It, it's like yeah. it gets too close to the cage and it like punches it, and knocks it yeah, out. Yeah, right. He fucking clubs it because he got too close. Yeah, you're right, and then it winds up ripping his fucking and it leg off. His arm off and just starts gnawing <laughs> on it. And the zookeeper comes up and he grabs it He's off. Like, oh, crikey! You know, like oh, oh crikey, shit like that. And he starts to explain like what <laughs> this, this is great. Is. I had to write this down. It's just like, it's like yeah, the rats scuttled off the slave ships and raped all the little tree monkeys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like this thing is ferocious, man. This thing, it's like, like um, that's fucked up. Uh, uh, not trying to get up too far. He's like, yeah, I, I reckon they only live in one island. It's, it's like this monkey is the the Leroy of Vine videos. Like I'm Leroy, I'm here to fuck your bitch. Yeah, <laughs> that's what this monkey is. But anyhow, like not getting too far off track. The whole point is, um, he, the guy starts to explain what the monkey is. Like they like said, it gets off the slave ship from Sumatra, uh, Yotter. They got it here to Wellington. And then it starts to explain that they used it, like certain tribes used it for black magic back home for for whatever purposes. But he's like really interested in the story and Paquita just wants to kind of carry on. And then that's when we see mothers spying on them. Mm-hmm. You know, cause so as Paquita's trailing off, mother's kind of right near that enclosure, that monkey enclosure. And she gets too close. She stumbles and falls right where that fucking rat monkey's at. And she winds up getting attacked. And, and she gets bit, when she gets and that's bit, a big deal, she, as we know. Oh, yeah. So we already know that Sengaya is a bad term. Sengaya! Sengaya, mama! Um, yeah, she gets attacked, but she retaliates. And the way she retaliates is she stomps that fucking monkey's head oh, in. Oh, and it's disgusting Pops shit. his eyes out, and there's, like, bloody gore mm. coming out of his ears. And, you know, and the whole time, like, there's people watching it, including Lionel and Bikita and the zookeeper. And she immediately turns on the drama queen. Yeah, hysterics. right after she stomps this monkey out. To get, to get Lionel away. It's funny because Bikita comes over to try like, you know, try she's to She's trying to be a good chick. And she pushes, and she's like, oh, Lionel, mm-hmm. take me home. Uh, <laughs> I like how she, she's she's a great actress, though. You got to admit, she sold the hell out of that, that role. 
It's perfect, man. But she does. She gets Lionel. The whole point is she's breaking up the date. And she gets Lionel to go back home. Even though Lionel's kind of look, looking back at Paquita and he's like, well, it's mother. You know, his point is, you know, it, there's even a scene in the uh, the fortune telling where it shows there's an oppression card. But the grandmother's trying to keep it concealed from Paquita, which it'll play a bigger part in the future. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, his mom takes him back home. Uh, so after they're back home, there's like the nurse. Nurse McTavish is the first time we see her. She's attending to mother. She's, you know, attending to the wounds, whatever. Mom, so, dis- she voices her displeasure in Lionel at this point, too, for hurting her. Right before she says that, in the in the 97-minute cut, she has one of my favorite lines, and it's one of the things that, that's typed in. She's like, I'll tell you what she is. She's experienced. <laughs> experienced. Uh, Mom is just a ham on so many levels. She is, man. Choose the scenery in every scene she's in. You know, but that's that's it. It makes her character that more important for the outcome of this film. You know, it has to give you that build up of she's dominant over this guy's life. He can't have any kind of love life. But it's already it's already very obvious that she's going way downhill at this point. Oh, oh man yeah mom's not looking good right so Bikita she wanted to, I think this is a little bit later on in the evening as well so mm-hmm. after the nurse kind of you know scutters on uh, Lionel goes back to his room and you can hear Bikita kind of carry on down down in the, in the yard and she's like Lionel and he's like, you know, he goes out and he's like, you know, be quiet, mom, mother. Fucking mom. You know, what the fuck are you doing? Um, you know she's how like, she is? <laughs> she's like, I, I, I'm giving you your cut from earlier at the zoo, you know? And he's like, uh, you could have dropped it off tomorrow. He's like, that's not what you say. But anyhow, he winds up getting her, to, you know, like he motions her to be quiet, but there's, you know, the lattice to go up to his, uh, the, the little mm-hmm. balcony from his room. So she's climbing up and he's looking back to make sure mother hasn't come out of her room. She doesn't. She gives him his jacket. He carries on about, you know, you could have done this yesterday. You know, I, I you know, he, he almost apologizes for the fact that he can't she's, date her. She's being kind of weird because she even brings up like, but we're romantically entangled. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, yeah. hold on a second. Yeah, it's like, that's... Like, we went on a date to the zoo that didn't even end well. Like, I know, right? It's like, look, man, we didn't even make it through like um, a tenth of what I wanted to do. Yeah, <laughs> you like, know? Uh, and that's like I'm giving you a favorable number on that uh, but anywho yeah like they, they carry on but she is living out this prophecy like Lionel is the one but he has no idea whatsoever at this point um, he kind of like wants to shoot her away but as she's like kind of leaving he pulls her back in and they share a romantic kiss but they uh, they actually share their first romantic kiss in the, the zoo, in the zoo. That's yeah true. she actually kind of gives him a quick pop kiss it kind of catches him off guard, and then he kind of is like, right, I'm cool with that. And he leans yeah. in and gives her a nice little smooch. Yeah, so this is their third kiss, if we're counting correctly. Uh, <laughs> so he winds up actually bringing her back in the room with him. Now, it's at this point, just just in case of what might happen later, that I kind of want to give just the barest amount of details as yeah. possible. Cause she does give him a hug, too. That's right. <laughs> so... They start getting it on, yeah. and it's oh, juxtaposed. Yeah. Man, I really want to say what happens. But oh, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's juxtaposed with a scene of Mother getting worse. Yeah, Mother is, she's, her health condition is, is going downhill at this point, mm-hmm. right? So the, the, that, that scratch and that struggle she had earlier, it's paying dividends right now. While, like I said, Lionel's making love. The fortune is really coming true. I really want to see what happens, but let's, no. there's details we'll right now. We'll go through it. They're getting worse. 
Uh, yeah, so make a long story short. There's also a juxtaposition of grandmother reading tarot card at that point as well. And we're the seeing same that one. shit is going to get worse because so far yeah. her, her readings have been correct. Yeah, I mean, it's consistent. It's Even this one is, like, is shit, consistent. Shit, 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 And you can take the time and line it up and all this actually yeah. makes sense through the course of the and movie. And this is the but... first time that we actually see the physical... Uh, that start pendant from the uh, from the tarot card. Oh, grandmother unveil because it this from is the box. absolutely this kind of movie where she magically has a pendant that's exactly. What, hold on, this goes back to phantasm, right? <laughs> what what good gypsy wouldn't have a box appear out of nowhere <laughs> to give you some kind of dagger, <laughs> some yeah, kind of or something that's exactly what you need at that? Put time. your hand in the box. We got it. Um, so yeah, that's what that's what this is absolutely that kind of movie. So this is what that little montage. She's sequence. already a walking stereotype. Yeah, of course. All right. So after we have this this pivotal scene that yeah you know, plays dividends further on down the road. Disgusting. Well, yeah. So we, like so we have these three different scenes of, of Lionel Paquita, mother getting worse and uh, grandmother from Paquita's grandmother. Be like so reading these tarot cards and then bringing out the dagger from the box, right? Uh, then it cuts to the next morning. Uh, Lionel kind of wakes up. He's chirpy, man. He's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's having a good time. It, the the, he's the expression that I'm I'm familiar with after you know a nice night of soireeing is, man, you're glowing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he oh, was he's glowing. glowing. He's glowing. <laughs> he had a nice aura to him this that morning. But he's opening drapes. Mom is not so good. Mom's not going no. good at all. And then mm, day takes a turn for the worse. Yeah, because the WLWL people show up. Oh yeah, so you know. Like I said, when Lionel's upstairs attending to mother, she's like, she. I think they hear that doorbell ringing, and then it's like, in her mind, she snaps into, into freak mode because it's the the WLWL showing up. I think Lionel comes to get you know like to attend to them, and it's, it winds up being the Mathesons. But you're right. Some of the the comedic parts, like I said, is when mother tries to apply the makeup, mm-hmm. like a part of her face falls. She's like, Ugh. you know, she's like. Ugh. And she uh, also does, you know, get my dress, you know, oh, like the yeah, voice. She's going terribly. She's all kind they of They go down, down to just uh, one of the most disgusting lunches you could ever <laughs> imagine. This is, I love this scene, man, for so many reasons. But they do. Mom's they, falling falling apart into the food. Yeah. So to give the, the, the listeners an idea of what's going on is the, the, there's a family. There's a husband and a wife duo who came over from representing the women's uh, or Wellington ladies uh, welfare well, league, funny. you know. So what they're doing is they're, you know, they're they're having that invite that the mother got from the no or from that letter earlier in the film, and uh, she's fucking falling apart. Um, they're serving. I can't remember exactly what they're eating at the point, but the whole point is like, mom's it ends falling up. Apart. The point is really of the scene is that it ends up with the custard because the custard oh, is the yeah. most just disgusting part of it. Yeah, because you see, like you said, you see mom falling apart even when she's like. Talking with a lady, I think her name they they call themselves Mrs. Matheson, Mr. Matheson, is um the she knows right away that something's not right going on with Lionel's mother Vera, right? And the guy is absent minded. He's just focused on the fucking. It's a free meal for him, and he's enjoying every second of it, unaware of what's going on with his mom, right? So as they're carrying on, and they're like, you know, we need to leave. This is what she's telling uh, her husband, Mr. Matheson. He's like, we need to leave. He's like, hold on. We can't leave without uh, without pudding. And yeah. Lionel's like, oh, well, we don't have pudding. We have custard. He's like, I haven't had a good custard in years. Yeah, so she they never brings, wakes like, it. Yeah, and like, Mrs. Matheson's like, fuck. I'm like, yeah. She wants to get out of She's here. She's ready to go because mom, like, she starts Mom's to stutter. Looking. She's like, she starts to say, like, she does this refrain. I can't remember exactly how she responds to, the, to a question. She's like, 
the league and the league. Yeah, she carries on in some sort, but uh, they bring the custard out, and the guy's carrying on eating it, and mom, I think, like, one of her sores, the boil on her forearm, like, opens and squirts. Oh, yeah. Like, like pus. Squirts out Right pus. under that, that guy's custard, and he's eating it, just lapping it up. He's like, mm, this is... I haven't had a good custard lace in three or four years, and this is nice and creamy just the way I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's just eating it up. And his wife is, like, visibly getting sick. And Lionel's witnessing it. Like, he's witnessing every single one of those people's response to that scene. And he's his doing mother. his best to just sort of keep it all under He, he Like I said, he's the guy who's trying to balance a the most fucked up scenario you can think of. Like, you know, you put a clumsy guy in this scenario, how does he keep his shit together? You know, so it's it, it's funny, man. I, I, I love this scene because it, it it's... He is so awkward by nature that this scene for him and anybody else would freak you out. Mm-hmm. But he winds up manage, managing the situation. So the, uh, this, that family winds up... I think the, the wife, after she sees the mom's ear also fall off into the custard and she winds up eating it and nibbling it and the pearl, she spits the pearl back out into the, the custard. That lady runs off and he, the guy mentions, he's like, oh, she must have like a little bit of like some, you know, upset stomach essentially is what it boils down mm-hmm. to from all, you know, from the food. She, you know, whatever. Uh, and then they leave and then, <laughs> and then, then Lionel kind of goes back into like, you know, panic mode. Like we need to get this shit under wraps. You know what I mean? Uh, but then, uh. This is where Paquita shows up with a dog once again to to help to tell him about the bad fortune, right? There's a reason. So now she wants to reveal a part of the reason why she's so involved with him at this point, you know. Um, so as um, as she's telling him, you know, the bad fortune from the tarot card reading, the dog runs upstairs, and Mom uh, winds up. You hear the dog like yelp. And they run upstairs, Bikita and uh, Lionel. And oh Lionel goes over to mom on the bed. And this is... And this oh, is one of the first, man. like, extreme gore <laughs> so moments. So gnarly, man. The bed is just covered in just bits of guts of dog. And he pulls... He pulls, uh, like... Basically, the, like, the dog's hairy I think he pulled, skin. I think he pulled the dog's entire uh, bloodline out of his yeah. stomach, man. Because there's, there's no... I mean, even for a, a full-grown dog, there's no way he pulled that much dog out of her yeah, in real life. It was just it was over-exaggerated. But oh, definitely. She oh. wound up, because of her condition, uh, she wound up eating the dog. The beginning of becoming a zombie. Essentially, is what is happening. So she ate... I can't Paquita's remember. dog. Yeah, she Paquita's dog. I can't remember. She named it a certain name, but it doesn't really matter. But she wanted to be... You know, uh, she mentions... Like, so you see all this blood blood and gore next to Mama on the bed as Lionel's already pulled out the dog corpse. It's basically, it's just his hide. <laughs> you know? And she's like, uh, Lionel, your, your mother ate my dog. And uh, he's, oh my God. he's like, uh, not all of not it. Not all of it. <laughs> not all of it. <laughs> Goddamn Lionel. <laughs> So, you know, so that's what's going down. So uh, we know mom is in a most fucked up state possible, right? So after after that happens, uh, mom kind of like pops up and starts to go after Paquita. Like she knocks Lionel out of the way, goes after Paquita. They struggle out the door frame. Lionel comes, jumps in, and they start to like tumble down the stairwell or that staircase. You oh, know? right. And uh, then they kind of, he like, he kind of embraces mom and he calls Paquita to go get the nurse once it's going on he's like i guess he's trying to comfort his mother she's when you look at mom she is nothing what you're familiar with when you first see her in the film like all right she looks nothing like the same mother that we're familiar with this is kind of where it 
this is maybe a third of the way into the movie. Yeah, I and, would say that's a good point. And things really haven't haven't picked up as much as they do. This is more later like storytelling at this point in the film. But this this I think is where it picks up enough. Oh yeah, I'm going to that where I'm going to do my best to just give like a ten minute just really quick breakdown of what happens. Next. All right, let's do it because this is going to be a lot of fun. I think afterwards, <laughs> this is where zombie shit starts happening. Basically, yeah, mom dies. Mom dies. Uh, it's confirmed. Nurse comes back in. She Turns confirms into a zombie. It. Mom pops up, puts her hand right through the uh, nurse's wait, face. Let's wait on this. Okay, sorry. Kills the nurse. Yeah, she kills the nurse. Okay, that's a good point. Kills they the nurse. They all. They end up locked down in the basement. Yes. Because Lionel, Lionel's just trying to keep this under wraps. Exactly. He is trying to help upstairs. Yeah. She he's asked just... about toothbrush colors, so he's in a dilemma of toothbrush colors and dealing with mom and the nurse, and he winds up disposing of them in the basement. She comes downstairs. Uh, he tells them that they went away to the hospital. She's, she comments that she didn't hear the ambulance. Uh, the nurse took her in her car. They just went yeah, about they, their business. They went off. I'll go meet them later. There's a radio playing in one of the rooms. He goes to it. He, he starts... He's, on, he's like at this part, drowning point, her out is what yeah. he's doing. He's just trying to avoid any conversation with Bikita. Right? He's like, he he's took care... He's trying to drive her off because he's yeah. got shit he needs to take care of. He now. took care of business at hand for the time being, but he needs her out so he can carry on, like he said. So he winds up ignoring her. She gets upset. She leaves. And then he attends back to business at this point. Business being that he's going to have to knock them out somehow. Yes, he does. So, so he goes down to the local... Is, is he a vet? I, I think I think you're right. I think he is a vet. He's, he's, for, for, for purposes, we'll explain a little bit later on. But yes, I would imagine he's some type of veterinarian. Some kind of mad scientist is what he he's comes He's not a at. vet. This is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. He's obviously us, an on-the-run Nazi us, officer. Us, us soldier. <laughs> yeah, uh, apparently. He's a very just... From Latvia? Yeah. Oh yeah. My, <sighs> my family. <laughs> There's seriously, like, his doctor's coat, it's cut out in the side, and you can see his swastika on mm. his arm through it. It's just amazing, the entire scene. It's Especially awesome. Especially the uncut, he has a couple extra lines, actually. I like it, though, man. It's, uh, it's pretty good. The 97-minute version, he, he makes a joke about... It's a good thing his uncle Heinrich is such a jokester and stuff. Uh, <laughs> when he's at first not he's not at first not gonna help him out and shit until he holds up a lot of cash. And... Yeah. So what what he's essentially down there for is he wants sedatives, right? It that kind of offends this veterinarian, this doctor. Of he's, sorts. Yeah, he's like, I don't have sedatives. He's just, what do I'm I look a like a doctor. Doctor. He's like, but I um, do have tranquilizers. tranquilizers. Yes, but I do sell tranquilizers. So he does. He goes on about his business. He tells him a story about his family in Latvia. You know, they're whatever. He says he doesn't have his paper. So he's alluding to the fact that he he's here, but he's not here legally of sorts. So he, he carries on about a, a, a boohoo story about the war. Um, so anyway, he winds up giving him uh, the tranquilizers. Lionel goes back home with said tranquilizers, goes back to the basement. And this is where... Um, oh, well, he goes down there and he ends up running into uh, his uh, mom and the nurse and fighting them off with yeah. the tranks. He has like this... He makes his uh, like a homemade custom uh, armor. Like armor, and he goes and down there. And, bands. Uh, and he takes care of business. He comes back upstairs. Yeah, he essentially... What he does is he shoots um, the nurse in the eye with a tranquilizer. And then he winds up shooting his mom, I think, in the nose. Up the nose. Yeah. I did notice that every time he gets mom, it's up the nose, which is kind of funny because it's like he was trying to preserve how she looked. Up but, the nose with the rubber But the other ones, he really doesn't care as much. And Yeah. Uh, um, I think while he's like while he's sleeping, maybe, or like trying to get to sleep, you see another real quick uh, flashback of the water sequences. Uh, this time you see a woman 
drowning. Yeah, it looks like she's drowning. She's struggling underwater. All right. Mm-hmm. So then it cues back uh, to Lionel. He winds up seeing Bakita back at the shop, and he winds up asking her. He wants to know more about these dark forces that she was trying to tell him before, you know, what happened to her dog. So she brings him uh, into the shop. She sits him down with grandmother there at the table. She starts to reveal, you know, all the, the series of events that's going to happen. She winds up telling um, him that death surrounds him. As it's happening, you see mother escaping out of the basement. She winds up escaping out of the basement. She doesn't... That tranquil water has no effect on her. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, you see that as... Or at least not for as long as he hoped. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. So uh, as that's happening, like I said, it goes back to the grandmother, Paquita, telling him about the uh, the star necklace. She tells him that this uh, has the power of light and it will protect him against these dark forces. So we know that this, that whole sign at the beginning, the star and the moon, etc., this is an important part of uh, what's going to happen. So um, mom winds up as that's happening, and as Lionel, you know, he's they're finishing up the fortune telling. He's, I guess, he's embracing um, Paquita, like they're coming to like a, a terms in their relationship. Mom's kind of stumbling up <laughs> to the shop, and she winds up getting hit by the trolley, and she knocks right into uh, the shop. She almost slides right up to them. Oh yeah! And they look down. And he's like, "Well, I guess mother got admitted early," <laughs> you know. So that's his excuse, and I think he winds up. Uh, I think he still has that the trank, and he winds up hitting her in the nose again. He kind so of, that she's con- like, so she's out. Basically. Yeah, he, he's kind of concealing it too from. And Pita. he tries to play it off like, yeah, she got out early, but they yeah. instantly go to she's funeral. Like people, she's dead. Yeah. So you know, after we see that, exactly, man is um, it, it cuts to the scene. Like I said, we're. Um, we and this see, is where we first see Father Magruder. Yeah, we see Father Magruder, and he's talking to the Mathesons, and they're talking about Vera, which is his mother, Lionel's mother. Um, you know, like all these unfortunate series of events, how fast it happened, things of that nature, and what's going to happen, I suppose, with Lionel and whatnot. And as that's carrying on, I think um, we see, I, th- I think there's Paquita, she's starting to carry on too with, with Lionel. No, no, actually, they're looking for Lionel is what happened. I think his uncle, this is where we see his uncle for the first time. The uncle comes the, in for the first yeah. time. He hits on Paquita. She's looking for Lionel is what mm-hmm. she's doing. Yeah, he starts, yeah, like I said, this is where we get to see how how much of a pig his character is. Oh, yeah, he's, Very he's just an oafish, sexist yeah. pig. Just so as that's going terrible on. Terrible sleaze Yeah, ball. he's just a sleaze bag. That's what his character is. Uh, the father tells um, Paquita, you know, like, he's going to carry on with or without Lionel. It's going to happen in, like, ten minutes, so yeah. you better get his shit together. Um, Lionel's trying to deal with Mom in yeah, the he's room because he put, knows that she's going to come, too. He's, I put that he's in, like, the embalming room, I think is mm-hmm. what it is, or, like, something well, like that. Well, first, shit happens with Mom, and I want to point out this yeah. scene because the the morticians have to get her body ready. Yeah. And it's all hooked up to this fucked up, like, it's Herbert like this, West-looking yeah, like, machine. Like this, you know, like a sci-fi... The assistant was Peter Jackson. It was. Yes, it was. And I liked it because he winds up getting slapped. Yeah. Because he gets fascinated with the fact, like... Like his creation, like that, all that she's getting bloated with all these different chemicals, and she's exploding pus everywhere. Yeah, everything. It's like a, it's a calamity. Is what it's, it's like a slapstick calamity. What's going on in this yeah. this scene? And he's, Lionel the whole time, Rick Moranis. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. I would say that's a perfect point. Uh, yeah, Lionel's just in there to try to get some of the the tranquilizer up to her, her nose because he knows she's gonna come back. Exactly. And one one thing, this is not giving away anything, but as that's happening to his dead mother on the table, you know, she's getting all this embalming stuff popping out of her. They have to get ready. She has to be there presentable, at least in the casket, in 10 minutes. 
And he goes over, like one of the morticians, and like he puts his uh, his two fingers on her eyes and just kind of pops them back down oh, in yeah, place. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So and then they carry on, and what what's going on is everybody's inside of the church at this time. The father's kind of giving uh, a little bit of a sermon about you know I guess his mother and et cetera, kind of carrying on like they do. And like I said, the whole time uh, he's trying to unscrew. Lionel, that this is, he's trying to unscrew the screws that's holding down the, the lid of her casket, mm-hmm. right? And as he's doing that, like I said, the, the preacher still carrying on to the father, Magruder is still, and she winds up busting through the casket, and they struggle. They have a struggle at this point. And that struggle leads into them crashing through these glass doors, sliding, into the yeah, sliding into the sermon. And it's, I thought it was funny because there's several times throughout this film where you hear like background audible conversations in mm-hmm. this case father magruder that lead into like what's actually happening in the film there's a scene with the radio um with the with the mother and, mm-hmm. and the nurse you know we'll talk about later but th- there are certain scenes where he does that throughout and i thought it was really cool this is one of them um so anyhow they're they're making a point that he loves his mother so much he can't let her go even in, in death you know what i mean it's basically what it's about so this is this gives the impression that there might be a little something going on with with our, our friend Lionel at this point. Yeah, know? people start to think he's a bit off. He does manage to get the trank in, though, so it looks like he just... He does. It looks it, like he was just wrestling a the whole ball, time. Like... The whole time is like right before shit really hits the fan, he manages to get that tranquilizer in mm-hmm. and just kind of play it off like he's just really, really, really attached to his mother because it's, it's you know, it was obvious throughout her life, too, that she was very dominating. So it just, if it fits the scenario, it fits the, the yeah, narrative. Yeah, it fits. You know, so that's all. He's just tying up loose ends. Um, So, you know, like I said, we get into the point now where um, I think it's like it goes on later on into the night. uh, Hold on before we go into that. Well, there's a little bit towards the end. There is. He has another scene with Paquita down at the end of the... He does. Uh, She tries to comfort him. And the whole time, I think, too... He's just driving her off like... Yeah, It was a mistake. We shouldn't have done what we, like, hung out or anything. And that's the whole point. Like, he's just... He's trying to protect her in his own way, like he knew. Mm-hmm. But she knows that there's a whole prophecy that that involves her that he might not know precisely. He just knows that there's dark forces in his life. That's all he knows. Um, so he's trying to drive away. Uh, Uncle Les overhears a conversation about inheritance, like all the house and this money. Everything's going to hell. Everything's going to line on. He kind of overhears it, and he starts getting these cogwheels churning in his head, right? Uh, Lionel, now this is like a little bit later on after all the funeral procession and shit that's carrying on. He's back at the, the cemetery. And this is where I want to speed it up even more. Yeah. Because this is where, she, so this is maybe 40 minutes out and there is a little bit of a slower scene after this yeah, yeah, and yeah. a little bit more of a little bit of a comedy breakdown. There is. I think you'll get why I'm, I'm passing over this. Here no, let's do it. I'll minute. follow your lead. I'll follow your lead so uh, I don't sleep. Well with that. So basically what happens is he's back because he knows mom's going to wake up. Yeah, mom's not completely out of it of sorts. And this is going to be really funny just saying this matter of fact, like, yeah. because you know exactly what oh, actually yeah, yeah, happens yeah. in I, this I, movie. I could replay it over and, and over. So, so what essentially happens is he's trying to excavate her. Yeah. Uh, he wants he to gets, bring her back home so he can try he to He gets confronted her. by a group of greasers. Greasers is what I wrote down, yeah. Uh, they think he's like a grave robber. As they're fucking kind of with him, she comes back and kills them. Yeah, she kills them. Um, As the father overhears commotion going on outside, and he comes out to try to break so it up. So he comes out, and he kicks some zombie ass before getting killed himself. Yeah, he winds up getting killed, just through unfortunate scenarios. Um, so then... When the, we get Lionel yeah. back at the house... Yes. And he's... He has a collection has, of friends now. He now has mother, 
The one father. The, yeah, has the father. The lead greaser, because yep. most of the rest of them had enough bad shit happen to them that they're out and of They condition. were incapacitated at that point. There's, there was no coming back from their conditions. And I believe the lead greaser's name is Void. Yes, it is. It certainly is. I saw that in the credits. So you have Void, the lead greaser. Uh, you had the father Magruder. You had and, the mother. And the nurse. Nurse McTavish. So you had four um, friends at the table with Lionel. They're having like a brunch, dinner of sorts. They're having a brunch. Uh, a nice little family brunch. Yeah, essentially. The the father and the nurse seem to fancy each other. Quite they did. A bit. They like each other, and uh, it's getting a little, you know, a little. Um, what would they call um, public displays of? It's a little PDA is what they're doing. They're showing a little affection for each other. Lionel tries to break it up. Void's a bit temperamental yeah. and babyish. And they, there's a knock at the door, and he has to attend to it while he's trying to trying to make sure there's order in the dining room. And it's the uncle. Yeah. And. The uncle is trying to. What he's trying to do it's is so hard to say this matter of fact. No, I, I can. I can try to sum it. I think this is <laughs> so. So the uncle, what he his whole point is, he's trying to conceive a plan to try to get himself into the will, so he can get some kind of slice of the pie, right? So he's 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 telling Lionel that uh, that his mother, because of her untimely death, uh, wasn't able to put him in the will, and so you know because this is a private matter, he doesn't want to get lawyers involved. They'll just you know they'll handle it as family members do. But his strong arming. Gets interrupted yes, by, by sounds of intimacy. Yeah, there's sounds of uh, of intimacy going on. Uh, the uncle thinks that that Lionel found his father's old stag collection, right? Um, Lionel's just you know he's just trying to keep him from going, and he's like, um, and I do have to comment yeah. quickly. Uh, with a little bit more detail, though, no that is, he asks, is that the one with the donkey in the chamber? Maybe? He does. He does ask that. He says, yeah, because it, it carries on. It's, it's rather loud. So, you know, he's like, yeah, this is a little bit more than obvious at this point. But he does. He's like, is this the he's one like, with the donkey in the chamber? Maybe? You know, and he so he great. winds up commenting, like, you know, he's like, he's I'll like, let right, you carry I'll, on. Yeah, I understand. There's some things a man needs to do alone. Especially in, in these times of, you know, of it's mourning. It's part of the grieving process. Yeah. So, you know, he, he goes on. Uh, Lionel goes back in uh, to try to see what's going on, all what's all the commotion about. So he pulls apart the couple that are, you know, having intimacy relationships, uh, and they, they kind of keep going on. He, yeah. at this point in the movie, he kind of is just trying to keep everything together as a family. Yeah, and they're having this weird little uh, domestic zombie relationship with yeah. them living. Down in the basement, yeah. he's uh, keeping them pretty well tranquilized most of the time. He's got them like you know, like I said, they got the TV on to keep them company. The, the nurse has a baby. She does. She, he, well, she wants a baby. He has a nice little baby's day out. Yeah, he does. And see, this is one of the the thing. I don't even have to write any notes about it, right? I, I just like all I know is like this is an iconic scene. I know everything about this scene. So uh, to give our, our listeners a little bit of an idea too. Just keep in mind that they had a little bit of an extra budget at the end of a filming. So this scene was kind of added in because of the budget. So they just they just kind of had fun with this scene. And the baby's day out is one of my favorite I love this. pieces of the entire movie. I, uh, I don't want to go into it too much. But no, I do want to point out that the this is one of the scenes, though, where I'm like, okay, I kind of get Hobbit here because... Mm-hmm. There was some times where the baby is definitely possibly an adult <laughs> yeah. in the costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they're using forced perspective to make it look small against the backdrop. I think that's probably more of what they did. I think they probably had some kind of rolling or, you know, like a sliding. There, uh, there's effect. some of the times, though, where the baby is not a small baby doll. Yeah, no, no, and no. And is definitely almost adult-sized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But using forced perspective to make it look small against it's the background. It's smart, man. You know, like I said, yeah, yeah good, good. So, I mean, filming. that's... Later, those techniques came in yeah, handy. So the whole point, like I said, it's baby's day out. Um, 
Lionel is, he's mimicking the other mothers in the park is what he's doing. Uh, Baby winds up getting out, causing a little bit of mischief. He goes after it, gets it under wraps, you know, goes about back their business. Yep. Uh, I think, uh, is this where he has one more little scene with Paquita and he's kind of all strung out looking and shit? Uh, I think at this point, let's let's see. They have their yeah, Lionel. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of an interesting yeah. scene, but it really doesn't add anything other than the fact that she seems to be with that dickwad delivery guy now, wherever it pops in at. Yeah, because like it's sometime it's sometime between now and yeah. The end. He does. He winds up going back and then, like he even tries to duck and dodge her. Like he winds up hiding and behind a car. And that's pretty funny little part too, honestly. Yeah, but. like I said, it's a little bit of a dark comedy because it's like I said, he he likes her. He's trying to carry about his business. It's gotten to the point where it's almost too much for him to. Ha- I mean, it is too much for him to handle anybody to handle. But he looks tired and worn out. He tells her like he they just need to call a Splitsville. She starts to kind of she cries, but she doesn't want him to console her. And then that's when the delivery guy Roger shows up. He winds up hitting uh, Lionel in the face, calling him a creep. Say away from her. You know what people are saying about you. Yeah, we know. Uh, you know, we know what you've been up to. We've heard stories. So there's rumors going on about Lionel at this point. But he gets back to the place, and Uncle Les is there. He's found the bodies yeah, in the basement. Exactly. He uses this as his strong arm to to get him to sign. So the yeah, place. exactly. So what Lionel agrees to at this point, he's like, "All right, I'll let you have not only the house, but the money that comes with the house." Yeah, like the whatever. Inheritance. Like I have, bigger, have the I whole have, shebang. I have bigger things on my mind, babe. Yeah, really. And that's what he does. I think he goes back down in the basement at this. He time. goes down in the basement. Starts to deal with it all because they come, they start to, to rouse again, I believe. Yeah, so what, what the Uncle Les wants, he wants them just to get, he just wants him to get rid of them, period. Like, get them out is mm-hmm. what he wants. Um, so he, he this, does, he takes care of business. This is where it pops off. When he comes back upstairs, it's become an instant party. Uncle Les has yeah. already invited all of his pals. Well, you know, we know what leads up to it that I was like, I'll, I'll, this is real quick. Uh, the reason why Lionel comes back out, out of there is because he fucking drops the tranquilizer jar. Like, he's... Oh, that's right. He fucks oh, up. That's a big, and yeah. that's when you hear like the commotion. Like somebody comes out of one of the rooms, and then everybody starts to fill the room, and the entire house is full suddenly, full of people. And then that's I think then that's when uh, the uncle Les confronts him. He's like, "You need to get rid of these stiffs. We're going to have a party." Essentially, and he's was, also basically yeah. making him cater the entire party. Yeah, and, like he winds up throwing him back down in the basement with the body. The entire time, Uncle Les is being a cad. But people are generally having a good time. It seems like he has a pretty good fun group of friends, honestly. No, he does. Like, like I think Lionel gets his shit together, and he winds up serving like hors d'oeuvres for, mm-hmm. for all the guests and whatever. Uh, and then Les comments about his dad, you know, getting to be able to pull all these birds. You know, yeah. which is like his dad was a ladies' man, is what he's saying. And we already uh, know that he had fucked up stag movies. Yeah, he likes donkey videos, apparently. Uh, not only that, but this kind of upsets Lionel a little bit. You know, he's like, don't talk about my father like that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then there's like these women that are like they're wanting Lionel to dance, you know, kind of light loosen up. And then one of the girls, she kind of goes over and she's like, um, you know, she's got like that plate, and she's like nibbling on like I don't know a wiener. <laughs> Have anything else I could nibble on? Yeah, essentially. So I called her nibble lady. So you know, like I said, Lionel's getting some attention at the party, and they just want him to loosen up, even though they don't have any concept of what the fi- like the family dynamics going on. Bikita uh, and Roger are kind of like walking. I guess they're having like a little walk date or whatever. And she winds up leaving him because he kind of he carries on and on and on and on about rugby. Like he's yeah. apparently a rugby player. And he, that's all he cares about is like, I scored these points. I kicked this. Blah, did blah, blah. this, did that. And she sees that there's like a party going on. 
and she's wondering what's going on. So she goes to check it out because she knows that she just leaves him, and he's he still carrying on about his glory days of playing rugby, whatever. Uh, so that's when she runs into uh, Les, Uncle Les, and uh, he tries to like fill her up almost in a sense. He's like kind of groping her and shit, you know. Oh yeah, and, and he she, gets rapey later. Too, he he does, and she winds up kneeing him in the nuts and kind of like boom, now, zooms off. Uh, I did try to mark this down, but I think I lost count. But I'm pretty sure in these next he gets ten hit minutes, several times. he gets hit five times in the nuts. I can, yeah, no, I'll just try to keep up. At That's least the first four, one. but I think it's five. That's the first one. All right, uh, I'll keep a, a count in my head. So, Bikita, after she does that, after she you know hits him in the in the in the manhood. Uh, she goes down in the basement, and that's where she stumbles upon uh, the friends of Lionel at this point. Yeah. Um, and so when she does, Lionel's also down there as well. Uh, but then she makes a comment that she she looks and she understands, like, ah, oh, death surrounds him. That's why he's been acting oh, fucking yeah. weird. Oh, that's crazy. I get it. All right, no and problem. She's like, oh, look, you, you, you just have to put him down, basically. Yeah, and so, so, so they what? they find a jar marked poison. There's a, there's a poison jar, and Lionel, he has one last touching moment with his mother, like, he 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 doesn't want it to have to to do this to mother, but Paquita reminds him like this is not your mother. This what this thing is is not your mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, just you know, just let it go. She's like, I can do this for you if you want. He's like, No. Yeah, I got it. I got it up the nose. Right. They take care of the rest of the friends, and they wind up. I guess they bury him in the basement. Is what they're doing at this point yep. too. Uh, and then they they just go upstairs and join the party, and they're like, Oh, you know, good times. We're having good times. Okay, now. Hyperspeed. This is where shit starts to go wrong. Shit starts to go wrong really fucking quick. Really quickly. Basically, so, Lionel and Paquita get split up because... They do. Les breaks Les them gets up. rapey. Yeah, he does. He winds up tossing uh, Paquita against the wall because she just wants to storm off. She doesn't have anything to Lionel do with Lionel ends up back downstairs. Yeah. He tries to fight Les. Les throws him back downstairs. You see that he it wasn't sees, poison. No. Well, it's poison to humans. Yeah, but not it's for human consumption. Stimulant. Thank you. Yeah, it was for animals. It's for animal consumption. Animal stimulant. And so all those bodies that they just recently buried come popping out like, like they just hit a, a super saiyan level. If you're familiar with that term, they hit a they, whole other level. It reminded me of the. Uh, the crazy zombie dimension from Reanimator yeah, at the very yeah. end of the movie, the way that they popped up out of the grave. Like, I, I like that though, man. It's just really cool. I mean, even though it's you know, it's like okay, but it, I still like it. It's really cool. Oh, that was cool. Uh, so they, they basically burst. Very, he ends up getting out of there, but they he get out lucky. too. He, I think he's like holding on to that that necklace the whole time. He closes his eyes. Some guy lets him out of the the basement door, and he's just kind of carrying it on. And then that's when the greaser leader. Jumps out. Void. Yeah, yeah, Void comes out. This is where we see the first scene of, of the carnage. Very quickly now. Yes. Basically, carnage happens. Lots of carnage. In about three minutes, the entire party is the party. Like The party bath. is over right now. It's just a matter of survival for these It's now just survival. Guests. Shit starts happening. Yes. I, I can't even... No, there's to... so much going on. What winds up happening... But just, the big uh, things are... Yeah. Uh, Everybody winds up... For the most part, with the, ex- the exception of of Lionel, Paquita, um, less for the most part, and uh, there's one other lady named Rita. We find out. Okay, I can't remember her name. It was Rita. Rita, Rita and there was a girl named Mandy. Rita and her. Paquita basically yeah. end up finding each other. Yes, and through all this carnage, they wind up teaming together. So they're in survival mode. Less kind of mode he does together. his thing. He's he's on his own. He gets split up from the party. He does his thing. And then Lionel's doing his thing because they're all in different segments of the house trying to deal with the carnage at hand. 
Uh, Lionel, I think he winds up going up. He's in the attic at this point. Uh, well, yeah, the Lionel. Lionel's story is kind of about discovering all the little pieces, and he ends yes. up in the attic. He starts to discover why he's having those flashbacks of those water scenes and the struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happens is that pendant. I think he it falls off his neck while he's in the attic, and it starts to spin a little bit, like kind of you know like a magnet does. And it points in a direction, and he finds that chest full of like these old photos. He looks at the photos, and if it's, it's his, his father and his father's mistress, right? And it starts to reveal that you know his father was having a relationship with this lady. And it starts yada, to all yada. click together, and he realizes that it's her in the dream he yes, had. Yes, it's the mistress, the lady that, was, that we saw that was struggling. And I, uh, I don't know if this is too much of a reveal. I don't think it is. No. As, as he's looking and he's digging through the chest, then you see the corpse. So there's evidence of this might be the lady that's in those photos and in my dreams of struggling in the water. Yeah, it seems like he puts it all together. Yeah, he's, like, he's, okay. he is. He's putting all the pieces together. He's got a confirmation of all these photos and everything else at this point. So that's what's going on in the attic. And uh, I think at this point, too... Um, I don't think they show it all yet, but no. I, I they don't show it all till the very end scene. But he... Oh, the whole... He, yeah, wrapping up together. But... To me, it indicated that he put it all together there. He just oh, yeah. didn't reveal and, it all there. No, no, no. He didn't reveal everything to the entire party, but this, he, this is where he got confirmation of what he had suspicions of, maybe. But he eventually makes it back down and, and ends up getting back together, basically. Yeah. Uh, Les ends up being ridiculously useful. Yes, he um, is. And in a big way, I would say, is... Uh, a good part of the reason why once they're all back together as a team, mm-hmm. why uh, Lionel he does help and Paquita survive for a while. Yeah, and he runs back into Paquita first, and they have some interesting scenes with Paquita, Rita, and him. Especially because <laughs> he's the only one that really has any good survival instinct yeah, she does. after Rita gets bit. Yeah, Rita winds up succumbing, unfortunately, um, to a scratch bite, etc., like I said, without getting too much into detail, Les is trying to dispose of her. Bikita's trying to protect her. You know, I think he gets he gets hit in the nards again. That's like, like so we could go on and on about that. He part, gets split. Yeah, well, that's Les, how they Les up ends up. up getting split off. Yeah, they wind up hiding. And him. he he gets turned full on Cronenberg. Oh yeah, he does. He winds up becoming a Cronenberg version of himself by what by something that's only <sighs> seen in the shadows. And then you have the goriest scene in the movie, basically. There, some other shit happens in between. There's but... a lot of shit that happens in between we're skipping. But the, the, I, I'll try to surminize it. Um, from from what the, all, all the carnage that happens, right, uh, you, you get left with uh, Lionel, Paquita, the Cronenberg version of Uncle Les, and the Greaser is still around. It's half of the Greaser, but uh, entrails of him as well. So his entrails play a, a, a kind of an important part, too, mm-hmm. of, of all this scene. Because there's a struggle that he's having with that star penning and trying to get a hold of it, you know. So, uh, so like I said, I think once once we get through this, like I said, it winds up going back to the lawnmower. I think it, essentially, this uh, is where the lawnmower comes into play. Yeah, man. Bikita winds up discovering the uh, uh, the star penning got trapped under all this carnage in that that lobby area of the main entrance of the home, and then that's when Lionel he winds up getting the lawnmower, you know. And he goes to Motown. He yeah, winds up he getting goes... slung out of the house for one. That's that's how oh, yeah, he and that's how he's it. able to go get the lawnmower. Yeah, I mean it's hard, it's hard to skip through all this carnage without trying to. Trying to and get to these he points. just ends up. He he cranks it and things the the he's a, he's a the affected blender. from the carnage. Yeah, it, 
And this, this is, is the most fakey looking gore, but there's so much of it, and not all of it is. It's it's no. only it's only like the the slung blood. Yeah, you can definitely tell they were weirdly slinging. pink and shit. Yeah, but like the body parts and stuff all look good. Like, anything that was going near that lawnmower, that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, carnage. And just ridiculous. Oh, my God. There's so Copious much ridiculous amount. shit because it's it's both just this crazy bloodbath, but parts yeah. of it are still really funny in the middle yeah. of it especially and towards the end of there's it. Like, so there's, there's slapstick scenes where he's trying to run through, like, you know, the blood, and he's, just, he's running in place, stuff like that, and he's hopping over body parts to get back onto the staircase. And it seems like everything's all over. Paquita's ready to get out. Yes. And he's like, hold on. We still haven't seen Mother. Yes. She comes up through the floor and is just this A giant, grotesque, naked version of his mother pumped up on um, animal Stimulant. <laughs> stimulants. And it already seemed like other shit was was affecting her differently. It's, it is than... funny because it's almost, I would imagine, all right, let's put it this way. It's the most grotesque version of a mother who would look like the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of design. But, yeah, oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah, I agree. But Not necessarily. The, it's, you know what I mean. I mean, I guess we should it's have just warned. Over, I guess technically yeah. with this scene, we should have warned for nudity earlier, but. I mean, isn't, yeah, but it's it's like cartoonish. Yeah, it's cartoonish. She's kind of like the, the, the carving, the Venus of whatever. Yeah. Like. But the whole But they point, end up yeah. on the roof. They wind up on the roof. Long story short, they're escaping. They get through the chimney, Paquita and uh, Lionel. They come through the chimney. Mother meets them out there. Uh, she she winds up knocking Rita away almost off of the roof itself. She's clinging on to dear life. And she if you wonder tells, what this movie was about, suddenly yes. they get extremely heavy-handed with the symbolism. Yes. And she literally re... Well, but right before that, um, Lionel, that's when oh. he reveals. He gives the reveal. He's like, Mother, you, you can't control me anymore. I know the story. He, so he reveals that his father, the mistress, they were drowned. Mother drowned him. He witnessed it. We see a... A flashback to it. So he's telling her, like, you can't do this to me anymore. She's mm-hmm. like, nobody will love you like your mother. And then, she, yeah, he winds up going back into mother. Yeah, she she sort of re... She opens up and re-wombs him. Yeah, she... When we say open up, you'll, you'll get it. She opens up. He goes back in. Paquita's freaking out because it now looks like he's mom, dead. And she starts falling apart because... He, Uses. in escaping his his mother's domineering clutches, he, he literally has. C-sections himself out of his mother. It's a rebirth, is what that, I think that's what it maybe symbolizes. And escaping. The rebirth of uh, the new Lionel, escaping mm-hmm. his mother, his clutches. I think that's, that's the I symbolism agree. that we get. So yeah, he, he escapes. Uh, he uses his belt to, to zip himself back down to Bikita. They zip line back down to where there's an ambulance because there's a fire that carried on inside the house from earlier from all the carnage. Um, neighbors are watching. They wind up sharing an embrace. He winds up like wanting to throw it away. She's like, no. And then he tosses it. Not just an embrace. They share like an un, almost like uncomfortably intense yeah. kiss. They like, might have, he's they might going have been, for it. He's like, fuck it. This might be last day of shooting. Who knows? Uh, so, so yeah, they like so they share a warm embrace after he tosses the dagger. He no longer needs it. They walk away. You can tell they've been in a struggle. And uh, then you cue the credits and that's, that's it. it. And with that, I mean, 
we'll just let them in that we're going to pause for a second anyway. And then we'll get to why I skipped We'll take a moment to collect our ideas because, yes, this is a, the big reveals. This is why I got into skipped all that shit. Partially because we would still be talking about it. Way too much happens in this movie. You're but absolutely right. In that last ten minutes, we could not have went over that any quicker than we just did. We, <laughs> that was what you would call cliff notes. <laughs> you know, what we just uh, did. <laughs> you really are going to have to watch this movie because we would be here for six hours trying Gosh, to account yeah. everything that happens in those yeah. last 30 Minutes. So we gave you a scaled down version of what we normally do. Um, just just but know we'll that there's a there. lot of details that we left out for a purpose. So it's going to be instantaneous for you guys, but we're about to take a small break and yes. we'll be right back. We'll be back. All right, so okay, that we're was, back. That was our abbreviated version of our review. Right. So here's why I kind of wanted to skip all that. Yeah. Because first off, a ton of shit happens. A lot. And I I really want to encourage people to watch this movie, but and to do that, I'm gonna. We'll, we'll trade back and forth. Okay. Uh, I mean, we honestly did most of that review without like even looking at our notes. Yeah, we just kind of breezed just, it from the top of our heads. No one the scenes that were coming up. And I know that we both watched it this morning. Yeah, we did. At some point. So what are, I guess, the... Maybe not necessarily kills, because okay. I know one of the ones that I'm going to pick isn't a kill. Okay, okay. But what's like the top three gory scenes that stand out to you that you can All immediately right. yeah, yeah. recall off oh, yeah. the top of your head in this movie. Very, very first one that I could think of was like, oh yes, gore finally, was um, the, the lead greaser okay. getting grabbed by mother from her grave and when she pulls him down, all the blood starts pouring out of him, and he's like, "Oh, it almost looks like he's like power humping the yeah. top of the grave." Yeah. But it's it's his... really gnarly looking. It yeah, and then she just dumps him, and you can see his open rib cage. Yeah, the way the way he's vibrating yeah. on top and of it, blood squirting out of and the, grave. the sounds and the way the blood yeah. squirting is, it almost reminded me of like if he was laying on top of like a buzz saw or yeah. something. Could you imagine that? And it's uh, fucking crazy. Ripping you apart. That's a good so one. So that was the first one that like strikes me in the film. It was like, all right, I'm, we're in for it now. Uh, second second one, gore-wise, let's, let me think for a second. Uh, it's not really gory. Now, the one that stands out for me is the, the girl who winds up making the comment about nibbling things. Okay. Where she gets slammed into the light bulb on the... On the <sighs> Oh, I was right. really hoping you were going to say that one so, so that lights, I didn't have to decide if I was going to She kind of lights up, you know, like, you can tell it's like, you know, a mannequin doll or whatever. But I like that because it's, 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 it makes a scene a, a comedic. Yeah. You know? One of the things, I, I like when she gets slammed on there initially anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. One of the things I love most about that happening mm-hmm. is the continuity because yeah, uh, the next like five minutes are still set within that room. And she is continually in the background, still like spasming and like the lights I flickering. Think, if I'm not mistaken, I think doesn't she like come off of the wall and it's getting like pulled by some kind yeah, of yeah? Because there to ends it, up the being wall. there ends up being like almost <laughs> like, like a Rube Goldberg esque sequence yeah. of events that that pull her back just in time and shit. Mm. Exactly. So you know, for me that that it, like not not that it's gory, but it's for me it's like one that I, I think of. Of this film too, like, yeah. No, I'd say you know. that counts. That's right in right in vain. Um, but it's fucked up mutilation. Like she's getting a light bulb stuck with, through the without, back of her without head saying, and... I, without being cliche and saying the lawnmower scene because who wouldn't answer that? But uh, I do like Uncle Les's the his meat cleaver and the like, oh he, his initial he just kind of like rampaging and you don't actually see him performing any cuts. It's just no. like this close up of his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And he just kind of like he's just doing going the nuts, and there's just blood flying everywhere. I, I really like that man. And like 
Because, like I said, I think for him, even though he was a dick, he was surviving, but he was also helping in his own weird way. Mm-hmm. You know, others who might be surviving at that point. I wouldn't say those are my top three, but those are three that just right off the top of my right, head. Right, right off the, the, the three that stand Yeah, just out. right off the thrust. Uh, let me think. So for me, I'll give my top three. Uh, I would have to say when they're first busting out and the zombie carnage is starting, mm-hmm. when the, the door falls and sort of slams on the half of the guy and Void starts ripping yep. into him. And he sort of he just pulls out the guy's entire rib cage, and the guy's yeah. just like staring down at it, like <laughs> screaming. There's my number three. <laughs> I like that one a lot. That's that's a good one. That's a really good one. Because uh, that's like the that's like boom! It kickstarts the whole fucking carnage at this point. My number two is is the aftermath of the Uncle Les. Okay, yeah. Uh, where it shows him, and he's in the kitchen. Yeah. And. Th- like, no actual kill or anything is happening at this time, but I just love... He's sitting there, and there's just this entire uh, still-writhing pile, like, waist-high yeah. pile of limbs and, like, torsos and heads and shit in front of him. <laughs> and he stops to light up... Does he smoke cigars, or did he just smoke cigarettes? Oh, I, th- I want to say cigarettes. But, but he li- I could be he wrong, He goes though. to light up a smoke and take a puff off his inhaler. As he does through the entire movie. And as he goes to do that, he's interrupted by another zombie wandering in that the top of the head has been cut off and a garden gnome has been stuck in the top of. I love that. Just that entire, just that image of like this zombie with the garden gnome wandering in while he's... You know, I'm glad you brought that up because throughout the watching the film and taking my notes... Uh, I, I I remember that scene, you know, specifically because there's a garden gnome on the fucking dude's head, you know, the just zombies stuck head. In. Just, yeah, exactly. And there's a prelude too because you do see uh, Les when he's going toward that the tool shed. Oh, yeah, he has he's the, the one gnome that's stuck at and I think he really. throws it at like one of the zombies. There's there's all sorts of weird, crazy shit. Yeah. There's just so much happen. so much quick like everybody's in survival mode and it takes place in all sorts of different parts of the home, but. And I, yeah, that's a good scene. And it's crazy as the entire part because the entire party is fucking nuts. Oh, and there's so chaotic, many man. weird kills that happen. Love it. Uh, like gore wise, kill wise. Uh, the other one that really always sticks out to me is the nurse getting killed by mom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is fucking so. Her bad. hands just come from behind. Oh, looting. Just that. stuck through. Her, her face. cheeks. Yeah, her cheeks. Like in the, the underneath her the like skin. An and sort of yank her head around for a second and then just rip it back and turn her into a Pez dispenser for the yeah, rest of the Yeah, she did. Movie. She snapped that nurse's neck right in half and opened up her her throat, essentially. Uh, yeah, and the entire wow. movie, it's like a gag that her head will fall yeah, back at these back. different times and flop back. That's good, man. He ends up, like during the, the family dinner scene, he ends up having to feed her through yeah. it and shit. And... She's gurgling that shit back up. But there, I mean, there's so <laughs> many things we could mention. I mean... Yeah. I'd say one, one other, one other, and I'll give you one other too, because mm-hmm. that'd only be fair. Uh, one other one that I could think of too that I would put in the list uh, is where Rita she finally gets succumbed, and there's the baby, like ripping her face apart. Oh, because yeah. that's oh, a, I mean, right. Oh, that's so crazy. I mean, I you know when you think about all of them, uh, that one is actually I think on the cover of that's, my version of the, of the DVD. I was gonna say yeah, that's the cover of the DVD, and Rita gets it. Okay, so the baby's... We didn't say anything really about the baby earlier. Yeah. The baby's like evil demon zombie baby. Yeah, it's, it's the product it of the up, nurse and the father. It ends up uh, ripping through the back of her head. Yeah. It's and then arms uses her rip like around a and sort of like 
open it up and it sticks its face through just, like it giggles maniacally giggles throughout the whole scenes for the most part that baby just about every scene that baby giggles and that's but it's maniacal it's not a good giggle <laughs> and this is like a tenth of the things that happened during that party yeah there's so much shit like there's the guy that gets like the bottom half of a ma- okay i do think we should make special mention about void okay. yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. he's kind of He's kind of the arch nemesis to Lionel throughout the, the entire party. He is. He interferes. He's constantly following him in many ways. He seems to be the one blocking, like I said, blocking Lionel from accomplishing whatever he's trying to accomplish. To the point those where his guts fall out. Yeah. And are independently stalking <laughs> yeah. Lionel from I the body. I love that. It's so slapstick, but it's it's so awesome. One of the best parts in the movie, in my opinion, the is you have a scene bowels. where the intestines, bowels, like it, you, the the lungs are kind of used as like arms and hands. Yeah, exactly. And there's a part where the the larynx admires itself in, in the, the mirror. mirror. Yeah, I like that. I absolutely love it. Adores itself. If anybody, I, I mean, somebody might make one. But even if nobody makes one, if someday in the future our future fans love this episode and want to love me, plush doll? I was about to say I want a plush doll of that. I want a plush. Make that two. So bad. Make two. <laughs> Please, somebody fulfill our dreams. Give us a plush doll of the intestines. Oh It'd my be gosh! So yeah, if you if you know what we're talking about, please, that would be awesome. <laughs> we're just begging for treats. Like, please, <sighs> just shower gifts. I upon mean, you us. know, like I said, no, no good deed goes unrewarded. So you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, but Void, uh, throughout, just has a bunch of shit happen to him. Oh my gosh. But I, I want to point out to the fact that like there, this movie is fucked up enough yeah. where there is his, his intestines and guts <laughs> and, I mean, I guess intestines and guts are kind of the same thing, but yeah, it's his, basically his like, respiratory it, tract <laughs> and every, uh, all of his organs are stalking Lionel independently of the rest of his body. Yeah, so while Greaser uh, sans his, like I said, his respiratory system, his digestive tract, he's pursuing other ventures. And he and... essentially <laughs> is giving himself a piggyback ride later. Yeah. Where his upper half giving his lower half a piggyback ride. It's pretty fucking gnarly, man. I, I like that shit a lot. You heard me correctly. I didn't fuck up what I was just no, saying. No, you did not at all. His upper half is giving his lower half a piggyback ride. And it's awesome. It's fucking awesome. But like you said, you're right. We we could spend a lot, so much time dissecting all. Like if we paused the scene, looked at all the stuff that was going on. Like I even think about when when Lionel's like jumping through the head to get to the stairs. There's always that that top half of the guy's head with the glasses mm-hmm. that gets kicked around through all the carnage, and that's kind of like you know it's like. It, it serves no purpose other than the fact that it's just kind of it's funny that you know through all this shit that it's getting knocked around like a puck you know yeah it's just a, a wonderfully choreographed masterpiece I really yeah. I mean like I said the I wanted I wanted really to hit solid. the ones that just the first three that came to mind just yeah. to sort of draw people in because yeah I mean like I said we're 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 giving you a really really skinny version of this film but I mean. That's what I say. You would have to. I think it it would serve a great purpose for the if you're involved this far in it. Do yourself a favor, watch this film because it it's we're only giving you to little bits of what really goes on. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Please go watch this film. Uh, with that, I think we're going to wrap this this episode yeah, up. So, at least like what said, we're going to say about <laughs> this. I, I like I said this is one of my my all time favorite movies. This is one that really got me back in a splatter. Oh wait, there gore. was one last thing I wanted yeah. to say. There's one big thing about Lionel. I I, I think you're going to be on board with me on all this. Right, all right. My dream 
yeah, my yeah, dream yeah, you did for Lionel. This earlier. As I was watching through this, he reminded me of something. And the way that all this story plays out, just the craziness that's entailed and the wackiness of these zombies, because they're not quite normal. Exactly. And it, it seemed to me like this, like Lionel is essentially, even though he's very, very much a New Zealander, he's basically Ash if Ash was Canadian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Because yeah, the entire time, like, he's super, amazing at dealing with these zombies, funny, but he's really just trying not to not to bother anybody and yeah. sort of just go on about his life. Yeah, and, he doesn't want to step on anybody's feet or anybody's, their journeys. He just I mean, wants he's, to... He's just very polite and yeah, very... He's very quaint. Mm-hmm. But is also just amazing at dealing with them all yeah, at the no, same time. I'll put it this way. That's a great point you make. If I had a few people in my arsenal... Who I had to worry like if if I was worried about situations that were going to get out of fucking control, he would be on board, and so would Ash, no yep. doubt. Those two guys, automatics, shoe wins. So here's my dream: give me a lawnmower and a Timothy chainsaw. Ball, <laughs> Timothy Baum, Balmy, Balm, whatever. Blow me. <laughs> no, Guest me. appearance Balmy. on Ash versus Evil Dead. That's my oh dream. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, there's time for that yet. Because I, I want to say next season is the final season for Ash vs. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. So, um... It's probably not going to happen, That's but... But it's, you know, you know what? And I want to, but regardless, I want to imagine that off. they... I want to imagine that they take place in the same universe anyway. It Why seems not? like a lot of weird shit sort Look of happens. all the stuff that we've reviewed at this time. It's very possible... Well, there's. A, I mean, we're both big fans of the Evil Dead series, yes. and we haven't covered it on the show yet, but oh, we are going close. to get there. We already have plans to do that. Uh, maybe not necessarily soon, but we but do have plans. Future about plans, it. yes, exactly. Uh, it's going to be something special. Love this, yeah. But I, I do want to point out that enough weird shit sort of happens in that series that it's plausible that this is just something that sort of happens off in New Zealand. Has, yeah, I mean, they've never been in New Zealand to notice whether this shit was happening or not, but Who's it's kind of like how Drag Me to Hell feels like it could yeah. also take place inside great film. the Evil Dead universe, and it's just that the story's never interconnected. I mean, well, uh, yes, why not? Like I said, I think like it's very possible from everything that we've reviewed up to this point, and we've seen how all these connections are made. Not only connections, but you see multiple universes, dimensions, etc., so it's very well, well within that realm. But that would that'd be my dream. You just get yes, man. Get him to guest There's star in on Ash vs Evil Dead, uh, alongside the great Bruce Campbell. If he could be in there as Lionel, I would just be like the happiest man alive. Oh That'd be even better. And if he got to use the lawnmower alongside oh Ash's chainsaw, yeah. Could you imagine? Not, I mean, you you are imagining. I'm imagining uh, right now. But uh, yes, man, that would be great. That basically, Santa, please, this year for... That could be our wish list this year. <laughs> Why not? It's early enough in the year where we can might make it happen. But anyway, uh, that, that's all really now that I have yeah. to say about no, that. No, I like that, man. That's, that's really cool. I do, because he has come up on a number of episodes, the topic of him, uh, I do want to point out that Bill Mosley very, very soon is having an album drop with oh, Phil Anselmo. Cool. The singer from Pantera, yeah, called Bill and Phil. <laughs> Sweet man, uh, or I don't know if it's called Bill. Oh, it's Bill and Phil Songs of Darkness and Despair. Uh, they do have one track 
I think one track right now, maybe more. Sweet. I don't know. But you can listen to that up on SoundCloud. And speaking I just want to SoundCloud. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of SoundCloud, you could also listen to us on there. Yeah. In fact, you probably are listening to us on there because it seems like that's how most of our listeners get to us. At that this makes point. sense. Now, you know, but, I enjoy going back. But not all of you. So I mean, no, I'm not trying. I'm not trying ways. to say that we only have SoundCloud listeners. There oh, are right. other listeners out there, and we love you all. And you can also uh, subscribe to us on iTunes to get us right yeah. away. More on iTunes. You know, just stop in at our website, friedsquirms. Dot com. Yeah, well, we're, like, so we're on Facebook as well. You can find us we're on, on Facebook. We always try to update that. We got our Twitter. I'm, I've been trying to do that a little bit more often, and I'm not that good at it. That's yet, okay. We're still it's still infantile stages for that as well. But we do have other plans of it. shit, as we said last episode of that we plan to try to at least start to do some this this year. So yeah, we'll see as that comes up. Um, you can always email us squirmcast at gmail.com yeah like I said you know if, if you know us personally shoot us a message right you know, if not just drop us a line oh did we say Facebook what our Twitter was? was oh it's at fried squirms yeah shit whatever that's easy I don't really have much more to say about that no though. like I said, like I said I, all I would say is if you listen this far into it please do yourself a favor once again and watch this film and, and watch uh, this movie it's yeah so and then and then if you enjoyed this film um, you know if you need more ideas just shoot us a line we'll give you more ideas and we I mean even with each of us giving three different things that happened in this movie, oh, like gore, crazy wise, <laughs> we didn't even scratch the surface. Like no. the, some of those scenes in that party, you have like four different things going on in different parts of the foreground and background. Like, it's, it's. It, I would say it's arguably maybe thirty minutes of the most enjoyable horror cinema that I've had in a long, you know, in my entire experience of watching films. I would say that it would be up there that last thirty minutes and. I can honestly like put that movie on and just run it in the background when I do things because it's oh, not easy. It's not disturbing. It's funny. Like there, there are times where I think you're right. It, like you would stop doing what you're doing just because you know of certain scenes that are popping up that you definitely want to see because mm-hmm. they're they're awesome. Oh, speaking of funny though, with that in mind, uh, I don't know if we've we've come to a 100 percent conclusion yet. But we do want to warn you that this was partially in preparation of the fact that we do intend to get kind of fucked up next. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> that is a perfect point. We, we we departed a little bit because of our last two films were really heavy films that dealt with some really heavy, you know, situational matter. Um, so we wanted to, you know, like I said, loosen it up a little bit, give you, throw you one that's a little bit more on the, on the light side. You can laugh, have a good time, see some really good gore, you know, and enjoy yourself without having to think too much outside the box. Um, but our next series of adventures aren't so polite. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're not 100% hammered out, but we've thrown around some ideas. We've got some lined up. I'll put it this way. We've got some, some cards in our deck. We just haven't used our ace yet. Right. Uh, I don't even know if there, there necessarily is an ace these days, nah. but this is going to be a good time, and it's going to... At least one of the ones where I'm, I'm thinking of is going to lay a foundation for... Oh, Yeah. For a lot of what's actually it's, around these days, so. I would say it's it's it no no doubt is not it's a bedstone for a, a a huge branch off of even what we're experiencing today still in film. That's a true. lot, uh, but we're gonna leave it that mysterious for now. Yeah, let's just put it this way: uh, this particular subgenre is still influential to this day, and you'll very see why. So. Very, you'll very see much exactly so. why. Uh, but that's out. that's it for this this time. Yeah, like I said, thanks for listening to us. I'm, I'm Danny, Tyler, and this was Fried Squirms. I don't know. We still don't have a sign off, but go have a good time. Yeah, you guys go out there and watch more films. Yeah, do that.